What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Inking Out Loud podcast. And I know what you're thinking. What is this? A familiar voice? Hey, what's up? I'm your host, Rob Santos, making a temporary return. And I'm joined, as I always am, of course, by my co-host, Drew McCaffrey. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And making another triumphant return for today is none other than the notorious R.O.B. Oh, I'm sorry. What I meant was Rob Winchell. He's back with us. What's up, Rob? Hey, guys. <laughs> Such a diminutive <laughs> Rob, he's, a, he's joining us, of course, because back in July of 2021, we recorded our impressions on Ernest Klein's Ready Player One. And since Rob Winchell apparently had so much damn fun reading it, <laughs> we're going to be jumping into the sequel today for Ready Player Two. Now, I have a lot of feelings about covering That's... this book today, and I can't wait to hear what the two of you think about it. So let's first of all, on. again, first, fuck you, because you are the one at the beginning of the first one that said, oh, yeah, I had such a great time reading this. So, this this Ready Player happened, One, which I enjoyed thoroughly. I, I'm quote, I enjoyed thoroughly. I think what happened on that last one with Ready Player One is that you guys spent the next two hours convincing me otherwise. So let's see how this one goes, because I have a feeling we're going to agree about a lot of what what's being said today. Yeah, I yeah, I actually thoroughly enjoyed this one. It's one of the best books I have ever read. Oh my Ernest god, Klein is he is a he is a masterful storyteller of of prose and definitely not eighties references. I definitely oh can't even right now. I definitely can't. Even. <laughs> so and anyway. you know, writing characters that are violently horny all the time. <laughs> yeah, violently we'll horny. There's okay. an adjective I want to use later. <laughs> anyway, let's blast this thing off with uh, Drew's Poor recap. Wife. If I remember the start, the. Uh, the phase is correctly. Drew, take it away, broski. I refuse. No? I had to read this book once. I'm not reliving it a second time. Um, <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, no, 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 no. no. I, what I'm going to do instead I really want to is uh, give myself a little bit of a pitch. Uh, this is news coming out of the brief Christmas hiatus, Franking Out Loud. I have officially self-published my first story on Amazon. Oh, I saw something It is called that. The Aquamancer's Gem. Uh, it's a short story, uh, very, very cheap. Uh, it's like 22 pages long. Uh, I'm pretty darn proud of it. And I hope everybody listening, you know, checks it out. Uh, reviews have been good so far. I think we're rocking like a 4.67 on Goodreads right now. Nice. Uh, yeah. So pretty, what, pretty happy with it. What he's not telling you is the Easter egg that Aquamancer's gem is also the name of one of his testicles. <laughs> no. One of. I want to know by the end of this episode. You guess which one. He got me while I was taking my uh, requisite shot to help Ah. get me through this episode. Yeah, there were a lot of requisites. (laughs) That was a good plug. I didn't mean to derail it. It's it's a good book. I've had several people suggest it to me. I've pre-ordered it, but because I have a nine-month-old child, I can't even like... (laughs) Honestly, getting through Ready Player Two was a struggle with it. So now... yeah. Yeah, getting uh, through a good book. I don't know. Yeah, so it's it's available on Kindle or the Kindle app, um, which you can get for free on your phone. Uh, so even if you don't own a Kindle, you can still read it. Hope everybody, yeah, takes a gander over there. And uh, you know, if you do, rate it. Rate it honestly. Leave me a review. Uh, I'm just getting started, and I think there's going to be a lot of fun things uh, coming up in the future uh, in in that kind of self published short story sphere. So 
keep your eyes peeled for that. I feel like that's but, fertile ground for a future and, special and, episode. And if you, out loud. if the price tag is is too much for you, if you send me <laughs> pictures of your titties, man titties included, I will buy the book for you for two dollars. <laughs> that's $2. great. I it's can take advantage of that because I'm yeah. still not done my yeah, training, so I'm not expecting it yet. You want to cover that for that's me? Too, if that's price tag is too cheap, just you know, <laughs> send well, me right now. Send I me can just like slip one loose. Discre- no one else. Discre- discre- titty pictures, and I will Venmo you a dollar nine. <laughs> we are already off to a roaring start. Yes, and and so that that means we got to talk about Ready Player Two. We got to talk about writing style. We got to talk about structure. Mm. We got to talk about themes. Do we have we got to. We got to really dig into it uh, from the writer's perspective here. Uh, and I'm going to lead it off. Um, <clears throat> this book is the result of a... Doing a shot. Hold on. I got to open my beer for this. Oh, no, shut up. Shut up. <sighs> this book is the result of a catastrophic failure of every level of the editorial process <laughs> because there were a lot of zeros involved in the price tag. There wasn't an editor. Like, okay, we're, we're going to talk about you're, you're a, an aspiring author. You're, you're a writer who's maybe you've written a novel or two and you're hitting the query trenches. You're trying to find an agent. Very often what you'll hear if you hear feedback at all, but if, if your feedback comes, you know, into your inbox, the agent's going to say, you know, I don't think you're starting this book in the right place. Very often what that means is like, oh, uh, the inciting incident happens in chapter three or four. And so chapters one and two are all just like info dumping to set the scene. Uh, like you're, you're, you're saying like, here's a, here's a, you know, jet stream of world building and here are all the characters. All right, cool. We got that out of the way. Now we're going into the story. And the and the agent is like, okay, you have an idea here, but you really need to start it with this inciting incident. You can work all that world building and character building into the scenes after the inciting incident. And that'll make those scenes very often more engaging because a lot of the time what you end up in, in that uh, early stage like writing career is it's exciting for you to write the beginning of the book and then you get into the middle and you get bogged down where you're like, this is boring. Like I I have to write these scenes, but, but they're not interesting to me. Well, you take the things that are interesting to you and you weave them into those scenes and you build in tension, you build in importance instead of just having people like sitting around a table and talking. This book doesn't have its fucking inciting incident until 50% of the way in. <laughs> Clearly, you're just not on Ernest Klein's next level. Was it halfway in capabilities. when Anorak made like his uh, intentions clear? Yeah, that was halfway through. Yeah, that was like forty four percent of the way into the book. Like thousand. The whole first eyes. half of the book is just here's what happened in the last three years. I want yeah. to talk about the first half of the book because that's the most shit I have to discuss before <sighs> I kind of like zoned out and you know it, had, it had is, intrusive thoughts. It, it took me so long to slog through the first half of the book because it was just nothing but info dumps. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it, it was it, horribly it was done. Info, it was info dumps, but not like the kind that I wanted because that was that was a big issue I had. First, like that was good. That was a good introduction of introduction of like what storytelling should be. But I want to talk about like he didn't. He just he just glosses over important things that should be stories in, in and of themselves, but they're one to two lines. It's like, hey, I'm now he, he is 
so so first of all, I want to start with Wade Watts. I said it in the first one. He's a garbage person. Now he's he's still an absolute garbage person. He's now evil. He is well, absolutely well, fucking this, this evil. Is, this is for character. Sure. This is okay, for character. For char- let's like, go. Because we, we have a lot How to do get I get story structure. We got it. We got a lot to talk about writing style. Uh, writing style. So so okay. Deep breaths. This ties into like themes and like why this book exists. Um, the first book obviously sold a bazillion copies, made made money for days for everybody involved. Spielberg, for heaven's sake, Spielberg did the movie, which even was, though he, by all accounts, didn't enjoy doing it. He, did, he, said he it's made like, it a hundred percent better. Like oh, he the, did. the movie is absolutely better. He did, oh, but yeah. apparently, after the fact, Spielberg was like, "This is one of the like most difficult movies I've ever had to produce." No, he's full of shit. Like he, he took that movie because he he could like seventy percent of the movie is just like passing it off to CG artists. Well, he just, he like, he had to direct like. Well, well what was 10%. difficult for him yeah. was making it good or yeah, making it yeah, passable. Because all the trials are boring as shit. Because, which because is the, the same thing yeah. here. You're like, they're all boring. Yeah. Um, but, but so, like, the first book made all this money and they're like, okay, well, clearly we got to write a sequel so we can make even more money. Or Ryan mm-hmm. George, producer guy, he's like, oh, I like money. Making money is tight. Um, except. <laughs> There wasn't like enough here for another story. And so we end up with this just like garbage of info dumping, explaining how we get from point A at the end of Ready Player One to the inciting incident midway through Ready Player Two. It's the same story. And on top of that, and on top of that, the charm of what charm there was of the whole nostalgia thing where he's just mm. dropping references oh left and right. God. Yeah is disappearing rapidly. And what makes that happen, or part of what makes that happen at least, is that Ernest Klein doesn't know what audience he's writing for. Like these books on their surface are for people who like grew up in the 80s and 90s and they love these things, right? Except every time he brings one of them in, he spends like a page explaining in excruciating detail what this reference is. It's like, dude- if you're writing for people who love these things, you don't need to explain them. Oh, fuck, if you do so need to explain them, that means you're writing for a different audience. And that's an audience who probably isn't going to give a shit about all these nostalgia. Yeah. He, bombs. Did, he did that hundred like, percent in the first one. Oh. He did that. He did that hundred percent. in the first one. Yeah. And that, that's, that's another thing I want to bring up. Like, I don't want any of this like revisionist shit where it's like the first one was good. And no. then the second one was bad. It's like, they're both the exact same levels of bad. Well, I think the this first, one's no, worse, but no, they're I both think this one is worse. worse. No, they're, 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 no, no, they're both the exact same levels of bad. Now, no, no, no. It just, now it, this one's just repetitive. No, well, this one's so the same this is, thing. This is why the I think characters this book's are the worse. same. They're using this. He's using the same kind of references. Yes, just, that is true. Yeah. yeah, it's just like he's like you know sometimes they're not even from the eighties. In fact, by the end of the book, oh, he's yeah. not even <laughs> doing eighties anymore. It's just whatever no. pop culture thing is relevant, which is the same as the first one. And and like the style's the same, the story's the same, the characters are the exact same. But what's not the same is that the first book at least is structured properly. Yeah, the first book has an inciting incident at the beginning. Where like the finally the first clue is is the first gates discovered or whatever. In this one, we have almost fifty percent of the book wasted on bullshit no. before the story even begins. This is where that's where I'm like, confused. Like for me, the inciting incident, ugh. the inciting incident, which is something we're discussing, was apparently the the 
ONI, the on, okay. because that's not yeah. fucking that's not fucking clever Ani thing. But we'll, yeah, yeah. I'm going to call it ONI because <laughs> yeah, calling it Ani's seems well, awkward. No, no, to me. but he, he okay. That was speaking the exciting of him to me, was being Ani, fucking condescending to his readers. It is definitely pronounced ONI because yeah. in that prologue scene when Halliday is like giving him the the headset, an ONI headset can also be used to record its wearer's experiences in the real world. All sensory input received by their brain is digitized and stored as a dot ONI. So that's like period, the letter O, the letter N, the letter I, and then in parentheses, phonetically spelled out dot ONI. Yeah. I'm like, dude, people know what a file type is. They know how to pronounce dot ONI. Like, holy shit, you're an idiot. It's, well, it's, it's like when my, it's like back when I was in high school and mm. the librarian kept saying dot ORG for a thing and I kept laughing. I was like, stop saying orgy. You know? <laughs> but like, this is what I'm talking about. He has zero trust for his readers to understand anything. Yes. Yet the, need the to whole explain. point of this book is for people who want to be part of the in crowd. That's more, if you have yeah. to explain every single thing, you're not part of the in crowd. Yeah, that's like, more that like the editor that doesn't exist needed to step in and be like, right. come yes. on, trim it, something. Because he repeats yeah. a bunch of shit. Oh, which references. Is, uh, yeah. But, they, they yeah, stop but like, that, like that's, the, that's where we disagree. Like for me, the inciting incident that they talk about was it's it's about the this discovery, this headset, which Halliday apparently made, you know, in all his fucking free time of building this place and then dying and then wanting to bang his best friend's wife or whatever the fuck. Cause that's also the precipitating incident of this book is that, you know, one Halliday really wanted to bang his best friend, Ogden's wife. Mm -hmm. And then, so he created a, a device that allowed him to somehow well, do that. Cool free. Cause, yeah. cause Halliday is a but horrible here's the person. Thing. Here's and that's the why thing. Wade looks up to him. The he's reason also I can't say either of those are the inciting incident is well, first off, like the creation of it is like part of the mystery of the story. But but him giving Wade the the headset, giving him the ONI experience, can't be the inciting incident because it's given to us in a flashback. The inciting incident has to lead into immediate story progression. And we get this, and then he rewinds and spends like three chapters explaining what led up to getting this. Oh yeah, that's fine. That, like, that's fine. <laughs> and that's why like the structure of this book is a fucking mess yeah I, I this is gonna that. have like a record for curses in an inking out loud episode yeah we're not gonna um, censor this it's a good way i'm not right? censoring these anymore it's a good way to come back it's but, good but like it, it's <sighs> no rob we haven't heard from you rob yeah. one what, what do you think what's up <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, i'm 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 not gonna trying to get a word here and there but it was entertaining enough that i wasn't too off put by it i like what you guys are saying about the references, dear God, the references, and especially Drew's point right now about his trust for the uh, assuming audience. It's just, it they, they don't jive. The, the, the references are stopping the flow of the narrative every few seconds. And as you're yeah, saying, look, Drew, Klein has this oh, fucking oh. pathological need to make sure you stopped and appreciated every fucking reference. It's infuriating. And it's like he decided, it's like, it's like he decided from the last book, you know, people like references, so more references equals better book but it does they don't even make sense like a lot of, like we, we could have a whole section about oh yeah how the references don't make sense especially at you know to, which is jumping ahead but like toward the end of the book where they're like so I, I say like a lot when i drink but it's um toward the end <laughs> of the book where, from Cali. Uh, yeah, to, where, where, uh, where time is of the essence 
but they have to stop and like mention all these references where like there's there's chapter 12 which you know i'm not i'm gonna, i don't even get want to get into chapter 12 yet that's that's for down the road yeah, but that, that's the worst offender of it to me that one's that one is like next level like next next level for me but I mean, I don't I keep going. The structure, I'll agree. The structure is bad. And I, you, you convinced me the inciting incident is, you know, when Halliday's consciousness appears and whatever, that's, that's the thing. And everyone's sharding all over the place. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's just sharding and guntering all over the fucking place. Gunturing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, like, it's, I wrote down during my read through at some point I wrote down, I said, Ernest Klein making retro references is like when your six year old nephew figures out a new move in Mortal Kombat. And he sees it work and he sees you make a big deal out of it. And then he just fucking spams it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And, and it's just, it's so. I mean, <sighs> but, but the references, like they, they don't even make sense in a lot of places now. For, for instance, who is the, who is the Prince planet for? Cause, cause, cause <laughs> no, no. Cause, uh, Ernest Klein doesn't strike me as like based on his references in the past. It uh, it doesn't strike me as a situation where that's a big fandom for him. It's, it's is it that you. is that him trying to branch out? I is will it? tell you exactly who the Prince Planet is for. Okay, the Prince okay. Planet is for the people who read Ready Player One and accused him of being a sexist and a misogynist. This whole book was oh, all about him being God. like, no, no, I promise, I'm a good dude. <laughs> But the way he does it makes it so clear that he's not actually like on that level. I, I agree. Like, I agree with the. He wants to be that. like, look this at how progressive I am with my trans characters, and the main focus of of like the whole shard adventure is set on on the like androgynous, uh, like gender bent existence of prince he does obviously but the way he handles it makes it clear that he neither understands uh like that experience nor really cares about it he just wants people to be like oh i'll pat you on the back i think i i think it was simpler than that he was just trying to reach out a little bit more because he does do that where he's because uh we talked about this before where there's a scene in the first book where he's talking with artemis and he's like what genitals were you born with and, but, oh. and, but then in this book, he's talking with the lo-fi, which is just, it's a whole different thing we can get into where he goes on this whole like monologue rant about how he doesn't, he's learned a lot. He's learned a lot from three years ago when he's 19 and now he's like 23 mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, now he, now he knows that it doesn't matter because now he can experience life as a hot girl. Yeah, and, it's, and you know, can he experience sex as male or female or non-binary. This is a good tangent. I know it's not structurally related, but I kind of wanted to get into it because it felt like a good tangent where okay. because it doesn't it doesn't make sense. So early on in the book, they they explained that the ONI headset, it lets you essentially just relive other people's experiences. Yeah. And then he goes into an early and and the thing about one of the things that annoyed me the shit about Wade is that he's just super horny, obviously, oh all the gosh. time. Yep, I and highlighted so, this. So he goes into like the body of a surfer and then <laughs> a, a surfer girl, and then he just like immediately like Oh my God, I was a person in a, a hot girl in a bikini and I had boobs. So, so and, and but I then, highlighted the line. Okay. He and and my comment on it was this is gonna get so creepy. Yeah. yeah. Uh and he's like, I was someone else, someone smaller and thinner with dark skin and strands of long black black hair hanging in front of their eyes. Someone wearing a bikini, someone with breasts. 
I was a woman. Oh my and god! And there's an exclamation point after woman. Like you can just, but then you can feel him getting a hard on as you're reading this sentence. And then, and I was like, this really? is going to get so me. creepy. And then five paragraphs later, when he's going through all the files, I stopped when I reached a series of files with names like sex dash M dash F and sex dash F dash. Oh my God. I had that in my notes too. Dash non-binary. And my note was just, and there it is. <laughs> that, I had that in my notes yeah. too. I was like, this guy talks about how he jacks off. Or definitely oh, doesn't jack. You want to hear my note lot. about that exact one? Hang on a second. Yeah, I yeah. Got that exact Everyone go through their notes about well, jacking up. No, because I still, I still got to finish my original I, point. Yeah, I need to too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's go into our tangents. So like, uh, so you made the note about like so our well, notes about well, the porn. immediately following the the like the porn files. He goes, I wasn't ready for any of that. I was still truly, madly, deeply in love with Samantha. This dude just met her a week ago. Yeah. Like no, Samantha. Like, no, this of is of course you this, think this you're is, in love this with is her. Three we- This is three years later. No, 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 no. This is days after they they split up that he got the O and I, and and he's like, that's another side. That's yeah. another structure thing. I have no idea how much time passes at yeah, any point. Yeah, because it's like constantly jumping around. <laughs> anyway, no idea. So so he's like, I'm doing another. Not show. only is it like a, a no shit Sherlock thing, where like you're in the honeymoon phase of a relationship. Of course you think no you're truly happy, deeply in love with her. On top of that, though. That those two sentences right there imply that give him a little while in the relationship and then he'll be ready to virtually cheat on his girlfriend with these like uh, virtual reality porn experiences. That's, like this dude sucks. Okay. Okay. I feel, I feel we're, we're getting all over the place. I want to take like, there's a lot of porn. And my original point was like the fact that he's horny whenever he goes into a girl's body that yes. strikes. Yeah. That's weird later in the book. Cause the whole theme is like, he always goes into Angela Morrow's body later on. Kira. Kira yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Kira Morrow's body later on. And <laughs> Where did Angela it's, it's come weird. from? So every time he's in it, it's just like, he's like, oh, so you're obviously horny. But like, I want to take it back. I want to talk about, can we go into characters now? Because that's the worst part. Uh, I, I okay. still have things to talk about, okay. Uh, okay. especially with theme here. Um, like, Horn, Is horny a theme? Uh, is incel, it's, it's in, an, incel is a theme. Both unintentional theme. themes. Yeah. Um, I, there's, there's definitely an intentional theme in this book. And that is like the idea of humanity destroying earth and finding our salvation through technology. Like, but is clearly, it destroyed? Is there clearly destroyed? Ernest Klein loves the idea of solving the world's problems with computer advancement. Okay. No, this but, is- but he, what he ends up doing, what he ends up doing is arriving at this transhumanist mindset by the end of the book. And he engages with it in the most uncritical, shallow, stupid way possible. Does that for everything? That's like, not just this. Yeah, and, and like, like the transhumanism. The idea of transhumanism is is like a really fraught subject. No, like, I don't. It's I don't philosophically even wanna, I, challenging. I wanna, I wanna, can we save the ending for the like, ending discussion? I don't want to go to like the ending is its own discussion. <sighs> the ending is its own its own. Okay. Thing. Okay. I don't. I don't, don't want to get. Okay. I don't want to go into the ending yet. Like I, I got a lot to talk about go. on the ending right. too, but. I, we got we got an entire book to talk to first. This is this is all the introduction. Start over. Start the podcast over. No. Do the introduction again. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to the Inking Out Loud podcast. Right. <laughs> oh, but I agree. Like the tra- like his transition to the end. It's all it's all superficial oh and shallow. Yeah. But I want to go back to the point you made about like solving the world's problems because at the beginning, because yep. it's one of the overreaching issues I had with this book of his, his ability to gloss over everything at the beginning yes. at the beginning of this book. He is hands down the most powerful person on this planet. 
like he 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 casually hand waves things away where he's like we bought out well what is io like the we bought uh, out I, IOI. I, innovative yeah. online we, we just industries casually bought them. something like that yeah. yeah yeah he just that's like that's like two sentences he talks he casually throws away he's building an arc to whatever fucking galaxy uh, that, that that's two yeah. sentences yeah 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 uh he talks about how someone wrote like a, some singers wrote like a satire song about him and he just fucking bankrupts them. Yeah. So he yeah. just decides to be an evil person. And then like on top of the, on top of being like, as I understood it, as he described, the world is essentially still functioning. Like he's still getting custom meals every morning. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like yeah. people, people are still ordering pizza hut or whatever the fuck they want. Like the, the world is, hasn't, it hasn't like supply chains haven't fallen, but he just casually talks about, he can build a build. He builds like three buildings forgives a bunch of debt, does things that could essentially collapse or make entire nations. But then he goes on like, and, and those take like half a paragraph. He glosses over these yeah. things that should be, yeah. they should be entire chapters. And then, and then he spends time overwriting some scenes to make up for that. Like when, when, when he's yeah, talking to Halliday, matter. right? Yeah, when Halliday's giving him the O and I, Halliday says, so this is at the beginning of page, I, I don't, I'm not sure what page, page seven. He goes, once you've tested the ONI yourself, I think you'll realize, just as I did, that this invention has the power to drastically alter the nature of human existence. Oh, shit. I think it could help humanity, but it could also make things even worse. It will all depend on the timing, I think. That's why I'm entrusting its fate to you, my heir. You must decide when or if the world is ready for this technology. And then we skip four paragraphs ahead and he goes, I sat there for a long time. Could this be some sort of posthumous practical joke? Because the alternative didn't seem to make any sense. If the ONI really could do everything he said it could, then it would be the most powerful communication tool ever invented. Why would he have kept it a secret? Why not just patent it and release it to the world? He literally just, he just fucking told, told you why yeah. he didn't do yeah. that. No, like, no. Well, that, well, that's another that's another hand waving thing. Sorry, sorry, Rob. <laughs> Rob, one. I didn't want to. I didn't interrupt you. Like, I didn't have a point. There. I was, I was the just agreeing. Oh no. Yeah. He uh, he hand waves the fact that this. <laughs> This like so so at a certain point they release the ONI headset and they have things like if you're in it for too long you'll die so it's like there were human tests on this thing that he supervised people yeah. died testing this thing people like if if Bill Gates released this thing and it found out that someone died like testing up a headset that connects to your brain people would fucking hate him yeah but like he like he hand waves the fact that people clearly die because he knows the symptoms of what happens when you're in it. For too long, yep. he knows these things. He just hand waves over. He's like, "Here's this thing that can actually kill a fuckload of people and will because it's not, you know, <laughs> it's not ready." But like, we're gonna release it anyway. But he doesn't care about that. He's just like, "Let's." It's like you're in it for too long. You're going to die. It fucks with your brain. But then the other thing that he hand waves, like nothing in the first book indicated that the the headsets were bad or like that they were an well, issue these didn't exist in the first book yeah i know i know but like i'm talking about the headsets like he got in like that the haptic the suit, haptic suit yeah. like there's nothing in the first book that indicates they're uncomfortable or even a problem like that they're fine like well, you, no, you the put only, them in there is one problem if you have hair it it doesn't jack you off well enough so he had to yeah. nair his whole body that would be yeah a so that, that's that's the biggest <laughs> issue so but then like at the beginning when he enters oh the the owen the oni headsets now it's like oh you have none of the uncomfortable problems you had in the first one it's like what problems these are things you're inventing now yeah, yeah. but okay. like really what's, what's the difference why is it why is the oni headset better like what's the like, well, the what makes it better is what the you, like 
is the full sensory and like thought and emotion experience. Which again was in the haptic suits as he. No, no, it wasn't. No, no, no. This is like a key thing that like uh, Samantha in her haptic suit doesn't feel touch because the way the way uh, he does. Like, like the, no, then the first in the first book, he has a whole thing was like if he got shot in his haptic suit, he could feel it. Well, but for yeah, some reason, if he but wanted it's to. not the same sensation. It's like yeah. the the haptic suit would like like put a little like bump against you where you got got hit, but it's you don't feel the full range of like sensation and Why awareness. Why would you want to for that? Well, <laughs> yeah, same thing I with mean, the that is one of my problems with this book. Yeah, like all right, all right. Now, like now, now we're getting into that. We're getting into that, which. Is great because he it's, makes it's all so many it's, philosophical assumptions about what everybody must want oh, and what must be the best for humanity. And the moral compass of this, what's her name, Artemis, isn't even that like she doesn't make <laughs> good arguments. Her arguments are: Have oh. you seen? No, no. Have you seen the Matrix yeah. and Sword Art Online? Which again, <laughs> neither of those are '80s fucking references, right? Which is a thing, and you know, neither of those apply. Just be like, why? Why is the argument should be people shouldn't plug in their brains into something that can kill them yeah. in like 10 hours or whatever it is. That's the yeah. argument. Was there anybody That's who was like, not oh, an so Artemis Society? Our, entire argument is sword art online, which I've watched and is not that good. Sorry, anime fans. Uh, Rob, shots fired. Uh, what were you saying, Rob? Well, I, I was just uh, making reference to the, this first conversation that they had about the implications, they being... Uh, Artemis and Percival, or uh, Wade and Samantha, about the implications of releasing ONI as a generally accessible thing to the public. Was there anybody who wasn't on Samantha's side for that? I feel like Klein was trying to frame it as both sides had decent points, but I don't feel no, like he anybody said, he says they take a vote. He says the four of them take a vote, and it's three to one against Samantha every time. Yeah, yeah no, I get Samantha that. Sorry. Three to one. What I mean is, I'm talking with the reader. Is there anybody who's going to be reading oh. this and thinking, oh. oh, shit, no, Samantha, you're in the wrong. Nobody is. She's making perfectly salient points consistently. Yeah. I'm a little frustrated on her behalf, to be honest. Oh, for sure. Especially when the book yeah. ends and, and it's all like, oh, well, she finally, like, accepted that this is a good thing and she put on the headset to <laughs> upload her consciousness. <laughs> with the one time like, only. Oh, you know, you know I have shit about yeah, that. We'll, yeah, we'll get yeah, there yeah, when yeah. we get the character. Yeah. Um, but, like... Yeah, he, Klein just, like, this dude has such a warped worldview. Like, if it wasn't clear enough through Ready Player One that yeah. it, this book just, like, shoves it in your face. I mean, oh. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to this and, in the, at the very end, too, because I have a few points about that. Yeah. like, is, is there anything more than, like, the only thing to say about structure is the structure is non-existent and weird and bad. Yeah, the pace is all over the place, man. Like, we, we'll get, like, the Prince World, for instance, that, that shard quest. We go to the Prince World, and it's like, I don't know, 50 pages of a 370-page oh, book. Like, a significant mm. chunk of the book is spent on this Prince World doing these, like, random fetch quests that we don't even know really what or why they're doing because H is the one who yeah, knows all the stuff, H. and she's just like, follow me. So there's zero proactivity from our character here. He's literally getting dragged around doing who it's, knows it's what him overcompensating and the then you get to the actual you get to the actual battle and we get like a brief setup where like it explains like the seven princes coming down and their like initial like attack lineup and then see if i can find it he just he just says this happens and this happens and then like later on he's very two, it's like two place. sentences um yeah uh here we go here we go yeah um, 
like she uh, H summons the 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 other band, uh, Janet Jackson's band. She goes, "Holy shit!" She said, "I can't believe that worked." And then it became an all-out sonic war. I don't know exactly what happened next or how it all went down. It's like, okay, so we're just going to skip the whole yeah. fight that you just spent 50 pages setting up. Yeah. And then it's like, when the dust settled, all seven members of the time had been killed, including Morstay and the mirror, blah, 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 blah. And then we get like the, the final moment. It's like, yeah. Some, some, so, uh, like, hey, he you- has no sense of like importance for like what scenes he should spend time on. And this is actually something, um, uh, unfortunately, neither of you guys were on the episode for, but uh, I had a real problem with this in James Islington's uh, Lycanius trilogy. He had no sense of what to spend his page time and word count on. I mean, he spends a lot of time talking about uh, a, like a, a French hat that he was wearing. Yeah, in the print, yeah, yeah. Like he, he spends more time talking about this red beret. In, Which, is he wearing that oh. the entire rest of the book? It never really says. Yeah. No way. Like, that he, sure he spends more time explaining that than he does on like the actual battle. Well, yeah, that's the, at the end of this whole. The quest. battles are like some <laughs> some battles he glosses over like Hobbit style, and then the other other battles he gets really into like D and D turns about like the weapons and things like that. But you you were talking about pacing, and the biggest offender yeah. of pacing to me was chapter twelve, where he's on the shard quest to. Oh, uh, that's where he does the yeah he does ninja battle yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, at, he's in he, he it's literally he's doing eighteen levels, and he goes what? through every single level. In detail, he describes all the levels that he's going through to beat this game to get the shard. I remember this. And like scene. with little, little like Shaito or whatever comes in and makes yeah. little, uh, that's all Shaito does this entire book is like make little offhand comments yep. for exposition about like, it, not even, ex- just like little facts about 80s games, even though they're like on the clock here and, you know, they're, everyone's going to die very in a few hours. But it's just that entire, that entire chapter is just, him talking about every single level of these 18 levels for this one game in the eighties. And it's the biggest turnoff of pacing ever. It, it, I, I it, remember just like, you complaining about, I don't even remember what the game was. Was it joust? Joust. The yeah, first joust game, the, where the you were like, he first. spent all this time explaining this and you're like, I've played joust. It sucks. Yeah, it's fucking boring. And then he does it again here. Like this game he's describing with the ninjas but sounds more, like, boring as hell. This, it's because <laughs> it's because that chapter is the culmination of everything that's wrong with the challenges in the first game or in the first book and the second one. Where yeah, because they're all just boring. You're he's either like playing old video games and describing them, or reenacting movies and then just describing yeah. them. But and then this is the culmination of that where he spends an entire chapter describing every level of an obscure 80s game that's just generally boring. And and this is why, like, we're talking about the Ready Player One movie. Spielberg changed, like, all the challenges. Yes, as he should. Like, it was... They're like, all the, the last one was still, like, the battle at, at Castle Anorak, I guess, but, but like... Mm. The, yeah, but he skipped the whole, like, inventor servitude shit. He certainly was, uh, immediately chopped out the Joust <laughs> game and made it, like, the, the race where you have to go backwards. Can you imagine watching like, someone play Joust for, like... <laughs> Five minutes on a, in like a movie theater, just like, oh, man. or can you imagine someone reenacting the first scene like twice to reenacting Monty but Python like, they actually and did, Bueller? They actually did a pretty good job of the like the Shining reenactment. Yes, or the was Shining it, was you were, great. That was, a, that was a great to reenact scene. the movie. You're just put in the movie. Yeah, survive. Yeah, it's, it's like the Tron thing. Survive. Like you know, I like that the new Tron, new Tron Legacy from. Which is now like ten years ago, but uh, <laughs> yeah, more than that. Like, that movie survive. looked great. Also, that Daft Punk soundtrack. Oh, 
Ooh, ah, I was singing that yesterday, actually. That, why uh, didn't you? Why didn't Klein put Daft Punk? He clearly wasn't restricting uh, himself. Or Tron. Or Daft Tron. Punk, like Daft Punk was one of the nice right. All of his references are bad. I think, I think he did have one reference to Tron in this book. Um, I'm sure I don't remember. Probably. I'm sure exactly, he did in the but, first one, too. You can't not yeah. do that. Like I, I, I made this point in the first podcast too. All of his references are very, very select and dumb. I just wanted, I just wanted one of the bosses instead of like Morgul in the Lord of the Rings, just like a giant Ronald Reagan that they have to fight. I think that would have been hilarious. Like peak '80s reference. Like what, what is truly indicative of the '80s? It's like Ronald Reagan doing cocaine, and just that's what they should have fought. That should have been the final boss of this book. Yeah. An AIDS-induced Ronald Reagan <laughs> with, like, I don't know, whatever the fuck else is in the 80s so, actually so matters. before we get into, like, characters, because I think we're getting we're getting close here, I want to make a couple of comments on his prose. Okay. Um, I don't think anybody is going to make claims that Ernest Klein is some master of, of uh, beautiful language, but... It especially cracks me up when you reach lines that he's clearly trying to write like a meaningful, like attractive sentence. Like there, there's one fairly early on. Let me see if I can find it again. Um, where like he, he just starts using like language that is way out of, out of character. Uh I, I, well, you find it. It, it was something yeah. like, like describing something like all was as dust now. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I, got, I, I got one that I was like, along those. Uh, I got a line that he mentions because I'm not sure if he's aware that the reference of he's aware of the reference or if he's using it because it's been used a lot. But early on, he says truly madly deeply. Oh, yes. And oh, but like that's a that's distinctively that like he's still trying to the do movie title. Yeah. But that's a ni- distinctively a 90s movie. When he's doing, or no, it's a, it's like a it's '90s cult classic. Isn't yeah, it's it? a '90s a, cult a classic song. song. Oh, oh yeah, it's not a. No, isn't there a movie called Truly Madly Deeply? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's yeah, a song the first, and then a movie. Okay. But it's like not '80s, and I'm like, but does he understand that, or is he just saying it because people have said it a lot? Because I'm not sure if he actually yeah. knows that. I don't remember the original Ready, like Ready Player One, for example, being '80s centric i thought it was just retro like anything that could be considered retro. no it was it, it was very directed was, it, at they, the they distinctively really? say the 80s i have multiple yeah. that, that, and, but then he proceeds to be like terminator 2 references and things and it doesn't okay so i, I found well, the, the bit it's close it's yeah. when he's talking about his uh yeah. like his his parents and his aunt he goes all three of them had been cremated my aunt alice at the time of her death and my parents after the fact courtesy of the city's free cremation and remains recycling oh program now all they were was dust in the wind that's kansas it's like, you can just feel through that that he's like oh this is a great line to end this no that's kansas it's a kansas reference but it's like but but it, like it's not even a good metaphor like you're you're describing them being dust by calling them dust like that's this is one of the re- things that no, I like have problems with Brandon Sanderson's song. metaphors sometimes mm-hmm. like like he he'll explain something and then use a metaphor to explain it again but it's so on the nose like it doesn't add anything to the conversation like I, I have oh, to push back just, on this one just, just a little bit just a little bit yeah. that was very clearly I, in my opinion a Kansas reference and that was the one one of the rare times in this book that Klein trusted his audience to get a reference without having to explain it 
Dustin the Winds is no, it, just my, my point is like it doesn't matter if it's a reference. It's that like it's so on the nose that it it loses its impact. It's so obvious. Like okay. Okay. The, the like you you want to make a, like a Kansas reference and use the dust on the wind thing, great. Use it for something that isn't literal dust on the wind. Oh. <laughs> I just understood what you were saying. Yeah, okay. I feel like you're glossing over the fact of how like shittily Wade has like processed the deaths of his aunt and of his aunt and mother that he essentially kind of indirectly yeah, that could be caused. A specific thing. Okay, okay. So let's, yeah. let's just go into. <laughs> well, hold on, into I, Wade. I got one more thing. No, no, oh, go, go ahead, Rob. We've, 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 we've. I was annoyed about how how conveniently a lot of things fit together, and we have like the suspension of belief that we have that that it, that it demands of us. Um, for example. We're visiting the John Hughes universe. Oh, great. Lucky that Samantha's the biggest John Hughes fan around, right? Oh, what's that? We have yeah. to go to the Prince world? Well, it's a good thing that H just happens to be the most diehard Prince fan of all time. You know, and that while is, we're at that, it... Sorry, you, if you want to jump uh, on that, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, it's that's him compensating for the first book because in the first book, the side characters had nothing to do because mm. he knew everything yeah. and nobody helped with anything. Right. So, so now was, he has to go to... It, yeah, Just that might be why he even did the, the Prince World, because because in the first yeah in the first book, nobody helped. He he just automatically knew everything. Hey, and, and in on this the Prince world, like, at least he gave the other characters something to do. Like, that's it. right. But on the Prince World, isn't it like like oh shit the, the the last battle involves a guitar battle? Oh, isn't it so incredibly fortunate that Percival just happened to mention earlier in this book that he's picked up guitar play? It's just the ah. Uh, I don't know. I got distracted on the Prince level because he said he never listened to Prince because it made him too horny. Yeah. Mm. Well, like, you're always horny. horny. You're it always horny, dude. It wasn't necessarily horny. It, it was, was like horny. it made him sexually confused. Yeah, he, get, he got real horny. He's like, why does this music make me feel these things? Yeah. <laughs> um, and he called him out on that, which I found a little amusing. Yeah. But I was just, I was like, come on. It's it's not like any of, like, it's not like uh, Halliday or Morrow or, or anybody who had the inception of this quest happening at this time had any notion of the fact that the person Excuse. who would be demanded to follow through all these trials would happen to have people around him that are the biggest fans of yeah. these incredibly specific it's, it's, things. It, yeah it's him tr it's him trying to compensate but he can't help himself because you know he's 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 the surrogate for wade and he's like oh but i also am critical to this spot even though i know nothing about it no he, he couldn't help but in you know also be critical to the whole fucking so thing. i i have a note on this uh, or like uh, attached to this as well when when they go to the That's a good point though rob the Silmarillion. I, I appreciate you Thank you. Uh, the, I appreciate you too, buddy. The, the first stage of Arda. And like one of the first things he notes is how like, man, like the first stage, I never messed with that because everything's just so confusing. There are all of these names and like everything is three names. And like, it's really confusing for even a hardcore fan. I'm like, well, first off, no, it's really not. If, if, if you've read the Silmarillion, it's not that confusing. Yes. Some characters have multiple titles. Anyway, then he goes on. And he summons uh, the horses. And he speaks to the horse in Sindarin. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you memorized fucking Elvish to the point that you're conversational in it. And yet you're trying to say that, like, a character having two different names is confusing. Like, like this is, again, Klein trying to, like, have his cake and eat it, too. Where he's writing this to, like, appeal to, to hardcore fans. But also 
to, to like throw a bone to people who aren't hardcore fans who like maybe did try to read the Silmarillion and bounced off of it because they thought it was going to be like Lord of the Rings. He's like, look, no, it's fine. It, it was confusing to you. I get it. it it's confusing. But also, like, I'm going to throw in this character who apparently has a friggin' photographic memory and and has memorized everything about almost everything from the 80s and 90s. Yes. And, and yet somehow, like, a couple of names are confusing to him. It's like, no, like, this doesn't add up. It's very selective. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, yeah. Uh, which, so, which, again, in that same scene, you know, he turns into a wolf for no reason. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, he turns into a wolf. With I assume still he still has that stupid French hat on because at no point does he say he takes it off from the prince so. world. And then you know, and then but then he goes into it. Does it's thematically doesn't do anything because Samantha well, then throws all, a wolf at the thing. And, all but, all hey, it is is thing. like trying to like make another reference. But it uh, but again, there's no narrative importance. It's like a reference for the sake of a reference. But a reference for what? Like, I don't uh, even understand. To Silmarillion. Yeah, but yeah. like Samantha, like the dog attacks and the Samantha throws a little dog toy at it or whatever that turns into a wolf. And then the whole point of yeah. Wade turning into a wolf doesn't matter. And then, okay, so this is a this is like a miscellaneous point, but I'm going to bring it up here because this is the scene. Uh, when Karkaroth bites H and he goes, uh, you know, he, he realizes that like it, it's like doing damage over time because it's got like a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that venom. Yeah. She appeared to have been poisoned by its venom. That's a sentence in this book. Poisoned by venom. Oh, can we do a thing at the end? Or you could just say she appeared to have been envenomated. If you you want, like my, I have my favorite, my favorite worst line of this book. Oh, we'll get so angry. (laughs) I have a favorite. Oh, I have a favorite worst line too. But I just got so violently angry at what Drew just said. I didn't pick up on that at the time. It said poisoned by venom. Yes. No. Oh, hey, speaking of <laughs> yo, there's another... Hey, for our miscellaneous little bitching points, stop using fucking dope and fam and rage quitting. This, this like, uh, at least unironically, because this, uh, like, this is supposed to take place at least two decades from now. That would be like me unironically using radical... Yeah, but they're, but they're all stuck in the 80s, slash 90s, slash 2000s. And yeah, so they're using um, yeah. language from the 2020s? Fam? Yeah, come on. Nothing like no, nothing. Uh, we we. I remember. And we he talk, doesn't even we, use rage quitting in appropriate situations. We either. talked about this in the first yeah. one too, where just nothing. Apparently, nothing happened from like the early to mid two thousands. Right. Until then, yeah. Ex- except for like, that, that was something like at some point in this book, I forgot when it was or what the hunt was. He brings up Black Panther and talks about. Oh it, but yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, Wakanda. Like, that wasn't. It wasn't even. Yeah, that yeah, wasn't even big in. That wasn't big in the eighties, but just between the first book and the second book. Black Panther, the movie Black Panther came out, so now he has to reference it as something in the book, and that happened. That happens a couple of times. It's just, it's like it's not. That's true. The only purpose is because it was big in between the books, pop culture, pop culturally now. Yeah, and so he had to write it in. Yeah, just shit like that. It's nothing. It doesn't. Not nothing relevant happened. Awesome. He can't make up anything himself because then he would have to talk about it. That's why he hand waves everything. And yeah, let's go to characters now yeah. because we can talk about that shit. I want to talk about the. Let's talk about it. Unless Rob, right, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. include this in my uh, my bitching points to to conclude. Actually, the episode today. Right. Don't worry, we can move into yeah. characters now. So wait, he's yep. evil. Yeah, like and and the the book tries to engage with the fact that he's evil, but Klein can't 
it, it feels like he never could quite make himself deal with that because Wade Watts is so obviously a self-insert character, like an I like the yeah. traditional ideal of a Mary Sue. He's an idealized self-insert for Ernest Klein. And so like just, he has yeah, there's this cognitive Soviet. dissonance with Wade where he's doing awful, awful things. And then being self-aware about how like, oh, wow, this is really bad of me to like, oh, people are criticizing me. So I'm going to go like use my all powerful avatar to ruin their lives. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah, Oasis. Yeah. Like you do with those singers. Yeah. It, it, like and he's like, this is this is bad of me. And then he just brushes it on the rug and moves on and it never has to deal with the consequences of the fallout of it because it's like. Because he's that's the most totally power. what Ernest Klein would be doing if he were in this position. And yeah. he like he's it feels like he's struggling with self-awareness and doesn't know how to to act. And that comes across as a character who's struggling with self-awareness and doesn't know how to deal with it. And so he just brushes all of his problems under the rug. And then the story just lets them be brushed under the rug and he never has to solve them. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's I, I made a note on him. On, on with like it's a, it's it's the start of the note, but it's like he's, he admits to having full power and being a corporate overlord yeah. and having salt and can capable of solving any problem on the planet. <laughs> but all he manages to do is allow influencers to get rich very quick and also make a movie that goes way over budget. That that those he talks about. He's like he made a movie about his story. But the budget went way over because of all the dope special effects. He, t- he talks about that. But he also talks about like he's he's the CEO who apparently doesn't do anything. Like I'm not I'm not here to praise CEOs, but True, generally yeah. speaking, good CEOs, they're busy. Like you talk you read about them, they have to get up at 4 a.m. just to catch up on shit. But he has a nice hearty breakfast at 10 a.m. every day made by a robot butler. He doesn't do fucking shit. All yeah, day he long. He has to attend a meeting once in a while with the other. You know, yeah, he doesn't do it. anything. It seems to be the extent despite of being, all of his again, duties. The most powerful person on the planet. At some point, he casually transfers a billion dollars to the low five, which would shake up a lot of markets around the planet. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't. But that doesn't, you know, that's never anything. He talks about how he bought IOI and forgave all their debt and built like a giant fucking building for. You know the homeless or whatever. Yeah, really, yeah. He's like, he's, he's like, he's mo- most most of that most of that problem solving stuff was done by Artemis or whatever. Because you know, but because I don't care about that stuff. And it's just like you could solve everything right now. You know what it was like, for me when I realized that his like moral pulse was a little off when his butler started reading or somebody started reading like the news to him and he said, "Skip the depressing stuff. I don't want to hear <laughs> the depressing stuff." That that moment to me was like, okay, Wade. I get your vibe. Now. Oh, oh, that 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 was your gauge. That that was when he was more morally. No, no. It wasn't when he bank when he bankrupted <laughs> some singers who made a set who made a satire song about him. No, no, or, no. Or, or, like, before or after. In or terms of made, his or, like, introspection, on, on in the terms butler, of his, he's like, like butler needs to change his voice because he's too inhuman. But you know, yeah, like, when I was still holding out hope that he would at least learn a lesson, and but no, it was this moment when I realized, oh no, this is who he really is. This is not just the the money well, or the power getting to his head. Yeah. He's this just is a just garbage him. person. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, and that, that's where I'm, I'm partially confused because, you know, nothing in this, like, in the first book, he talks about society is essentially collapsing. But as he describes it here, it's, it's not like society's not great. Like, there's a huge gap between rich and poor, but it's still functioning. Like, people can order something online and get it. Like, supply lines are fine. 
he's like, like that's all good. He's a he says, you know, there's a line where he's like, I'm worried about the robot uprising, but he's <laughs> also the CEO of the only company making the fucking robots. <laughs> so, you know, if the robot uprising starts, it's your fault, you idiots. Like, but you don't pay any attention because he's making all the little robots, but he doesn't, you know, cause, cause he doesn't do anything. He just, I don't know. I'm, I'm all over the place now because I'm frustrated because he doesn't, he doesn't do anything, but he has all the power over anything. He's as far as I know, by the end of the book, he's the only company on the planet. Basically, I, yeah, he, he can build, he can essentially solve all of the world's problems without the Oasis. Like it's not necessary. He can just solve them. He has enough money, but instead he just, he just chooses not to. And, and that's just glossed over because he makes his Elon Musk escape shuttle. And yeah, he's, consciousness he, yeah which is two, which is two yeah. lines yeah. where he's like, we're making, and that's where he's like, Artemis Yo. also didn't like the, the arc that we were building to this yeah. thing. And that's also, that was another note me. that I made too. I was like, when did this turn into a space opera? Like I thought this was actually moving on to the Vonnegut and like the air, like the spacecraft itself. And like, we're I mean, oh, it did can, the can, can I, can I say like his weird references, like the Vonnegut space name, there's like a, a mountain range called the, um, uh, the author of catcher in the rye. Um, Oh like uh, he, my yeah. god! I know this. I don't remember that. Like there, he he like makes a catcher in the ride reference. I'm like, they're just so out of like Vonnegut. Uh, the um, why 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 are all of us avid readers not sure who wrote Catcher in the Ride? I gotta Salinger. say, I, Salinger. Really? When, yeah, when he, yeah the, he's like the Klein, he's like the Klein Cascade of mountains or something. Or like, no, sorry, not the the, uh, the Klein Cascade. Yeah, well, yeah obviously, <laughs> obviously, this guy would be up there with the. Uh, well, no, okay. There, there was a bit at the very end, though, that, like, I totally felt was a self-referential the Sal- the, thing. The Salinger. It's like the Salinger oh, Mountain. Salinger Mountain. He's like, he's like, there's, like, a Vonnegut name. There's like, yeah, there's, like, a Salinger Mountain range. He just, like, throws in weird references to things that are, like, philosophically not even remotely something he's talked on. No, right? So, at the very end, when he's talking about when they actually send the Vonnegut out, and they're like, we sent it with this library of all of humanity's most popular hits. And I'm like, the the mere existence of this book indicates that sending out the most popular things is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> interesting, interesting. Oh, but yeah, Wade, Wade is an evil, horny piece of shit. The entire, no, he's terrible. The entire series. Oh, yeah, so much of this book too Wade. is like spent on trying to impress upon the reader. Oh, he's grown. He's learned. He he has empathy now. He oh, no. understands. He's not he's not a womanizer anymore. He's but he doesn't earn any of it. And his actions don't reflect that. You're just told things. That might be my biggest problem with the book overall is the whole thing is just being told something happened. Yeah, and I was tired of being told then, where where nothing, he, how many places yeah. and where and how frequently he it's banged like, Artemis. He he if we're going oh. on on the whole like show versus tell thing, there's almost no showing in this entire book. It's all telling. It's all like I changed this way. Trust me. A book about like, references <laughs> is meant to it's like it's meant to be a visual like oh. movie thing. That's why the movie works better because it's like you know, instead of six pages describing this video game, just fucking yep. show it. Yeah. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah. And like, like the thing that pissed me off the most about Wade was his knowledge of what a gigantic piece of shit he was. That felt worse because mm-hmm. that, that means he he's aware. He just doesn't want to work on it. Um, for example, I had, I had a little quote here written down about his, uh, his, his thoughts on Artemis. 
She had started to pick up on my annoying idiosyncrasies, my inability to recognize social cues, my total and complete lack of cool around strangers, my neediness and emotional immaturity. To me, that feels like Klein trying to give Wade slash Percival slash Z some sort of measure of introspection. But that's a double-edged yeah, sword then because then we can say, no, this guy can actually consider himself, knows what a piece of shit he is, just doesn't care to fix it. Yeah, there's like he 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 tries to tell you things that like, oh, I I I spent time um, you know, being self-critical and and like I'm seeing a therapist, a digital therapist. <laughs> and like but then he doesn't show you any of the effects of that. He still acts the same way. Yeah, it's just a and then he just tells you, but I'm better, I promise. It's and then it goes into like a middle school description of how much he likes hot girls and then like (laughs) jumps into them and likes boobies and then talks about the many locations throughout the book that him and Artemis banged. That was there's there's a it's it's incredibly awkward. That's why there's this pause because we don't know what to say. Quote unquote favorite scenes. I'm gonna have a few uh very polar opposites. Oh, uh, we're not doing favorite scenes for this. No, no, no. We can do like favorite, like favorite things to shit on. Exactly. Mm. I yeah. mean, mine's going to be mostly the end. So I, I wanted to save it. Good line that, yeah. I, or at least one good paragraph that I want to talk about. But other than that, yeah, I also have just specific moments to bitch about. That was going to be my shtick for the very end. Yeah. No. Okay. Wait, uh, I, I, not a good guy. Go ahead. No, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, because um, like we're on. So I didn't mean just like because I feel and I want to like preface this. I feel like. We're going to spend most of the characterization talking about Wade because there isn't any other characterization there. They're like, there's, there's not, there's the only other people like they talk about like Artemis is supposed to be the moral center. She's not like a bunch of people die on her fucking plane and she doesn't give a shit. It's yep. fine. And, but like, and, um, and, and that's whatever. And then everyone else is just like, they're just side tangents to offer in like offering 80, like facts about whatever media they're referencing or just a copy paste. Like, the lo-fi, the lo-fi or whatever, there's that, the, the girl who is in charge of it, the others don't matter because they're never like discussed again. They just needed others to call them the lo-fi. Yeah. But, but That's true, they, yeah. he literally says it's just him from the first book and he just made a copy of it, but also a girl. Like he's like, I, I use my, my ability. Yeah. I feel guilty using my cloak or whatever, or my admin abilities to look at them, but, but I'm going to do it. I told myself, yeah. I'm just going to do it anyway. Cause mm-hmm. I'm a piece of shit. It's like, Oh, it's just me that they copy pasted into another version, but then it doesn't matter because they don't use them again. They just like, they're, they're not even mentioned or no, they're mentioned, but like not in any relevant fashions. Like here's your shard information. Here's a billion dollars. <laughs> Fuck off. Like that's it. There's yeah. nothing else. Like the only character to discuss in this book is Wade. There's yeah. no one else to talk no, about. You're totally right. There aren't oh, other characters. They're, they're set dressing there to enable Wade. And, and then, like, the only other thing to discuss is, is uh, uh, like, Ogden Morrow, as Wade slowly come to terms with the fact that Ogden is literally Hitler and him trying to learn not to defend him. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like the, Ogden Morrow is a giant piece of no, shit. Halliday. Oh, sorry, Halliday. Yeah. I was going to say, wait a I second. I mean, Ogden's, fine. Ogden's all right. He's, I mean, he's just, he's just like, you know, the Hitler apprentice guy or whatever. But it's fine. It's, but, like, Halliday is Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much as, as has killed as many, probably as many people, if not more. And then Wade learning to not defend Hitler anymore, because yeah. as the book goes, like there's like a there's a scene where I think like they're just kind of learning about the 
ONI and like shit that Halliday did with uh, like Ogden and his wife. And what's your, what's the avatar's name for his wife? Lucretia or Lu- uh, uh, Lucrocia? Lucrocia. Yeah. Something like that. Crap. And, but it's like, it's slowly like, like it's he's, one he's, of the, it's one of the sirens he's, from Greek myth. He's basically to willing to defend this guy who, you know, at, at the time Halliday hands over the Lucretia. ONI. He's like, yeah, this is probably, this has killed a few people. Sorry about that, but here you go. And then, you know, it's, it's not until, it's not until Halliday copied his best friend's wife, consciousness consciousness without permission that he decides all right he's probably not a good person anymore just like oh my god yeah that that's it's 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 yeah it's 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 leukosia leukosia it's it's wade learning to not defend hitler and that's the character arc yeah, this whole Halliday thing. But that's the wrong character arc, though. Like, it is. It the takes thing. the end. It takes the last. This doesn't happen to the last fifty pages. Yeah, of like he even talks about it. He says it straight up because nothing is shown. It's all told. It's like, man, even when people showed me the the awful things that Halliday did, I would always come up with some kind of defense for him because he was my hero. But now I see he really wasn't such a great guy. Yeah, he it's like he should have stopped sending all the Jewish people to those camps. That's when it really turned me <laughs> off. Jesus. <laughs> But I'm going to perpetuate the, like, moral and ethical travesties of him robbing people's consciousness. Or not robbing, but, like, yeah, that, uh, that, usurping like, people's consciousness yeah, without their like, permission. Yeah, I feel like that like that aspect <laughs> and then going the into thing, the final of the book is yeah. a whole its own discussion. I almost wanted oh. to clear everything out until we got to that point. Yeah, like, this is, this is the transition point, though, right? Like, the thing that finally pushes him over the edge of, like, wow... Halliday was messed up is that he tricked Kira into putting on the headset so he could copy her, yeah. her memories and experiences and consciousness into that the game. And, so and then, that's the and then he populates his arc ship with millions of people without asking them for permission. Yeah. So, you know, this fucking like, holy shit. <laughs> puts a bunch of people in hell. Like, well, you, you met, like you, you mentioned something like, we can go back. I want to talk about something a little bit lighter philosophically, but also equally stupid was the precipitating event you talked about early on where it's like, I established he's a shitty CEO. He doesn't do anything. But then for some reason, like there's a bunch of things that happen in this one chapter. Like he, he learns about like the O&I, like the shards, things like that. But then he decides to go to a meeting for no reason. And he's like glossed over meetings this entire yeah. book. And then that's when Halliday decides to like reveal right. himself. It just seems so out of place. Like, he glosses over the fact that he doesn't do meetings, but then this one, you know, yeah, he decides to he, go to. Like it's just like again, if to make a Ryan George reference, because references are appropriate here. Like if if we had producer man and scriptwriter man talking to each other, yeah. he'd be like, "Oh, why are we going to this meeting?" He'd be like, "Because, yeah, <laughs> you know, sense. because a- plot. The- uh, it's it's Whoa. graceless writing. It's graceless plotting. It's it's ham fisted all over the place." He has no sense of like real emotion. He has no sense of real character. Like I, I, I said this in my Goodreads review. This book is undoubtedly the worst book I've ever read cover to cover. Like I've I've read some like picked up some books that I think are probably worse overall. Some of those Tingle novels, really? you know. Like, no, I've, I've never read a, a Tingle from front to back. Like I've read a, I've picked up a few like self published things, sure. and, but. I stopped reading them because they were that bad. 
but I had to read this whole thing. You're welcome. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> yeah, hey, I just wanted to throw in another thanks there to Rob Winchell. <laughs> Guys, you you fucking love it. It's fine. Like the, the things you hate are the most fun to talk about. Like what? We're gonna talk about how much we loved a book. Hell yeah! And a half? It's, Hell it's, uh, have you listened sometimes. to our book of the new song? Not episodes? too much. <laughs> no, they're excellent. No, if I want to, um, if I want a circle jerk, I'll go into. The but Oasis it's not a circle jerk. And have though. a circle jerk. It, like <laughs> like a well written book, like the book of the new song. Uh, it you you don't just talk about how much you like it. You talk about the things in it that you love and like why they make you think. Here, there's nothing that makes you yes. think because Ernest Klein Absolutely. didn't think. Absolutely, 100 I would definitely like to read a good book over a bad book. That is, that is true. There's a but line as far at the as, end of the as, book. That as, I wanna... as far as entertainment goes, you know. Well, yeah, I'm that, that, sure. I'm sure our listeners are, are well, enjoying no, us getting progressively have, have you, angrier. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard, have you <laughs> have you considered the idea that like you're doing you're doing the work so that other people don't have to read the book. You're you're saving people. You're doing good work. Like when yeah, it's a when it's a good cost? book, you're encouraging them to. <laughs> it's just because well, I don't know. Us getting drunk. Let's do another shot. Like that's hey. the cause. Okay. So in, in the this is page three fifty seven of three seventy two. Um, and he's talking about like the the resurrection. That's button. the first book. Was three hundred seventy two pages. Right. Uh, sorry, three seventy one in this one. Anyway, he goes. Of course, the implications of using ONI technology to resurrect copies of the deceased were equally huge. And then he doesn't explore any of those. No. And, and I made a and I I highlighted that sentence. Of course, the implications of using blah 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 were equally huge. Did he and try my to make note the- on it was but Klein is neither the thinker nor the writer to actually engage with those implications. I, I want to talk about that. I just want to like a side note. He apparently tried to make the second book the exact same length as the first book. The first book is 372 pages. Really? Yeah. So that's why, that's why he wrapped it all up in 50 pages. You like the same for some yeah, reason yeah, where the first half is, is extraneous bullshit. Yeah. And then but the like, second it's, half it's, is mega rush. It's so like, it's so weird that like he tried to keep the exact same page count. The first book is 372 I, pages. I, would, this is I wonder what the actual was word really? counts. Like the, the specific he was, word he was trying to hit are. a word count. Like that's no, what yeah. he was going. Like that's probably why he. That's probably why there wasn't an editor, or he told the editor to fuck off because he's trying to. He was trying to hit a word count. He wasn't actually. You know that I don't. Know, I just realized this because it's so weird that two books are the exact same length. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Let's move on from character because we've talked about the only the, character the only who character. has actual character. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Let's just move into like miscellaneous points. This is going to get messy. I know that. Oh, I got this. Right. Well, no, no, actually, no. Before we do miscellaneous, we got to talk about the ending. Okay. We're going to wrap back let's, around to theme. Yeah, let's and we're going to talk about the ending. Okay. This transhumanist utopia that uh, that Ernest Klein has tried to convince us is actually a utopia. Um. We've already talked about the the fact that he's like committing the same ethical sins as Halliday did that made him realize Halliday was actually not a good guy. Yeah. But he's doing it millions of times over instead of once. Um, but it's in space, so it doesn't count. So Space rules. That's how it works, I think. He might be honest. Yeah. It's like international waters. Nothing yeah. was done to actually work to improve the state of Earth and real life. 
Yeah, nothing at all. Um, he, he doesn't do any of that. Yeah. And and so we're left with this idea of like, oh, but but don't worry, we have thousands of frozen embryos and we'll we'll repopulate some planet in Proxima Centauri or wherever the hell. That bothers um, me too. And and we'll have all these AIs to uh to train them and teach them all the proper technology and stuff. But like so first off, one of maybe my biggest problem with this book is this implicit assumption that Anorak, the only reason he was a problem was because uh, Halliday tried to remove memories from him and it corrupted it corrupted the AI. But like Kira is the untouched, pure first real AI. And now we have this resurrection button and, and we're uploading our consciousness. You're not uploading consciousness. You're uploading memories and sensations. Those are not consciousness. And there is an equation in this book that these AIs are equal to human beings. Fucking bullshit. Absolutely not. That, like that makes- he and, and, and like look, that that's my opinion. But but and I and I know there there might be people out there who are like, well, you know, like I don't I don't believe in in like the idea of like human souls or, or like whatever. Uh, really, it, it just is like the the ability to like feel and, and think that that makes people. Um, and, and yeah, if that's the case, great. But this yeah, is, yeah. it doesn't matter if like that's your opinion or, or my opinion. Um, what matters is that this is a real deep philosophical, ethical, moral question that goes wholly unaddressed in the entire book. Yeah, this would be a great actual story if someone yes. could write it. The, yeah, the, the, I'm the, like, this, this idea could have been done so well if you gave it to like Samuel Delaney or Ursula Le Guin or like one of these like actual real thinkers of science fiction. Just let them do it. Like give them this, like, like let them oh take it gosh, over. Like, and- it would be so fascinating to grapple with the ethics of this. Yeah, just but Ernest Klein's just like, no, I want to make some references, bro. Like, and and it, and it pissed me off these, when we got these, to those last oh no, two these, these these consciences will be fine. They have all they have all of my eighties, nineties, early two thousand oh planets. God. You can just hang out on. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I, I no, I I, I like that because I mean, and then and then it's it's like I feel I feel strongly that he like belief that their people are not at the end of the day they're it's implied that they're conscious and self aware. And at the end of the day, like, did he create a hell and then just send them out? Yeah, into he totally space? did. Because like, they get to Alpha Centauri or wherever the fuck they're going, and they repopulate these these consciousness. They're not they're not repopulating. They're stuck there. Yeah, forever. Like this this is this you, is their you, existence. You mentioned this to me earlier tonight about like what he did to the uh, like these AIs of Samantha. And yeah, Wade. yeah, yeah. Let me like that was this is the this is why. For me, it's a personal hell that I want to bring up because because so he mentions that toward the end of like Samantha's pregnant with their first child. And then at that point, they decide to upload their consciousness onto this arc and then launch it. So at this point, Samantha is seven, eight, I don't know, something, something close to about to give birth. Yeah. And as someone who just recently, I have a nine month old kid now. So I'm just sitting here like, OK, so they upload their consciousness and then they send it off into space and they're getting random updates like that's hell to me. Like these consciousness, this this version, this version of themselves, they never get to meet that child. That child is like to them, 
that child is just off on another planet. They never get to talk to them. That's, that's a living hell for me. It's like, you just uploaded a nine month pregnant version of your consciousness and, and you know, Wade too, cause he's, you know, he's there. It's yeah. like, they never, they never get to meet this kid. It's like, you spent nine months raised like with this kid in your body. It's like, nah, fuck it. It's fine. Yeah. Just you, you, you never, that's, that's hell. It's like, you know, you don't know, you don't get to raise that kid. You don't get to grow up with him. You get random updates every like month or every few years and you, you, the second you see it, it's like, oh, this kid is grown. But you never get to know your child. You never get to know your child. It's like to you, you've just grown or, you know, you, I don't know. It's, that sounds like literal torture to me. Like they're timing on that and then sending them off. It sounds like they intentionally wanted to torture these. They, they're, trying <laughs> these to, AIs. They're, they're trying to torture these AIs. Like the only way worse is just make it so that the only book they can read is Ready Player One. <laughs> That's the worst fucking thing. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's my thought. It's just, it's just the timing on it is, is so profoundly bad. I'm just imagining it's like an inception thing with like where, where Samantha's like, I have to, Oh, I get to never know my child. Uh, and then she's just eventually going to kill herself and, you know, kill the consciousness. Cause like, what's the point? The point's like, Oh, you never get to know your child, but you know, you can go hang out on the Lord of the Rings planet all you want. So you know, yeah. there you go. That's an, oh equal, an equal equivalent. So, Rob, how did you feel about this ending? Yeah. To be entirely honest with you, <laughs> I had checked out so far in advance. I was kind of... <laughs> I, was kind, I checked out somewhere near the end of the Prince battle, to be honest with you. I continued to read, but it was more of a obligatory, I need to absorb what happens so that I can talk about, about and around it. But this whole... Can I turn the ship around. Can they, like, can they control the ship? Yeah, just turn the ship around and I go back. Know. Probably, yeah, yeah, just fuck it. Mm. Like, yeah. Do we get the impression, or do we know if there's going to be a sequel? Because I imagine there's a chance. No, that there's no way in hell. There's no <laughs> way in hell. <laughs> I imagine. I mean, even the people who loved idea. Ready Player One hated. This I mean, book. they did. A, they did a girl with a dragon tattoo. Explored in the third one. Like, they were like, good. No, the first one. Like, the first three were good. No, there's there's the uh, David Fincher one, and then there's the Swedish ones. But then they did oh, like yeah. the new one that takes place on the fourth book, which was not written by him. Oh, oh, they they did they continued the series after the author died, after Steve Larson died. Yeah, and they're they're oh. all terrible books. But then they did a sequel to one of them. <laughs> well, they're not terrible the original, books. The the original three were good. Yeah, but then the next two, oh, third are, one was fine. Whatever. But they did a they did a they did a movie just on that one with a whole different oh, cast. Uh, oh. With not Daniel Craig, not you know, not any, Dude, not I, not even the people. I, from I the love movie. the the the. Daniel Craig. Yeah. Uh, oh, was I, it Rooney I, Mara? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that one. That one's great. And then the Swedish ones, like they're made for TV movies, but they're entertaining. Like, but, but then the new one, like, you know, give it 10 years. They'll oh, do like, ah, let's, let's dig up the corpse of something and let's do it. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's something we'll have to cover on Inking Out Loud at some point is a uh, girl oh. with a dragon tattoo. I could do that. Played one. with fire. I could do those. Yeah. I do those pretty well. Interesting. Yeah. I, because I, I enjoyed I because there's it's such like a cultural thing because they're so Swedish. They very much are. And which and but they're know. so intense. Like, yeah, and I I, I gotta the, say the first one the first one and I enjoyed the second one and the third one kind of gets a little weird. The, I thought like, the uh, second one was the best. The third one I it was my least favorite. Yeah, like the first one is all set up, but I really do like a good murder mystery, if I'm honest. Yeah, That's yeah, kind of yeah. why I liked it. And yeah. I and, will say though, in terms of the movie, the the, the American movie, yeah. 
best movie trailer I've ever seen. Oh, it's so good. The, the, the soundtrack? The Trent oh, Reznor yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, immigrant song? Yeah, yeah. Trent Reznor. Yeah, that's right. Holy yeah, cow. It was so intense to see that. that in theater. Rooney Mara as Lisbeth Salander, so good. Yeah, So amazing. I can't believe they didn't do a sequel just because she... This is, this is perfect. Like, of course we're going to have, like, pop culture references in our uh, Ready Player yeah, Two yeah. or this climate. Is, is, is Girl of the Dragonhead even pop culture anymore? That was so long ago. Yeah, it was kind of a flash in the pan, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean... The only reason there wasn't a sequel is because it was it was expected to do so well in the box office. Yeah. Huge, but, and it, it made a profit. It just wasn't, you know. It wasn't good. It wasn't huge. Yeah. What were you saying, Rob? Oh, I was trying to think of exactly when it came out, uh, the movie. <sighs> it was like maybe 13 maybe? or 14? Maybe maybe the trailer wasn't oh, as good as I, no, I remember trailer, because the trailer, because the trailer really, said it's like oh, the feel damn. bad movie. Oh, maybe it was just the feel bad movie of Christmas, not the feel bad movie of year. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like the novel did so well over here. Yeah, they expected a banger. Got them all on the shelf right over there. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're so, like, none of them are, like, none of the book, the original three are bad, for sure. Yeah. Like, they're all, they're all, like, I got, it's not like a perfect trilogy or anything, but mm. I absolutely enjoyed it. That, that would be a good one, honestly. Like, there's that whole, like, John Hughes thing where they're just, <sighs> you know, like, like, that's, that's what people want. They want the, like, the 80s references, and that's where he was. You know, that's where it should have been. Like, there's a whole John, but he did that on the first one, so it just was really repetitive. I don't know. We're going into the random points now. Well, no. So I, I have I have like one more thing do it. to talk about with the, not just the end of the book um, and the the assumption that this transhumanist idea is a good thing, uh, and not just the idea that like yes, this. AI consciousness constitutes oh like God, a I real just, human being. Ready that's... Player Three is that Ready Player Three is <sighs> them turning the ship around because the AI went no, insane. No, from no, living there, and no, they, they turn around, no. they turn the ship around, they come back, no, shut the and they take over the Oasis nope. as nope. their evil ver- their evil versions of themselves. It's nope. foreshadowed because no, this yeah. book was all evil versions of themselves. Of and then he's going to weave in a bunch of Brandon right. Sanderson things, and they're going to be sixteen shards this time. Oh my God! Everyone's sharding. <laughs> so many shards. So much sharding. Um, but no, so. When we we get to a point, maybe here. maybe 85 percent of the way into the book, okay. where we have the reveal of like what Anorak is actually trying to do—that he's going to take over the Vonnegut and steal this okay. Kira AI and go off into space. It's not yep. that yep. bad. Yeah, no, straight up. Uh, Let him do it. He has this. The, Revelation, he goes, then both AIs could hide inside the onboard computer unnoticed until after the ship left Earth. Unless Anorak figured out a way to take control of the ship and launch it prematurely. And I highlighted that and I just said, oh no. Anyway. Like, yeah, it's like, just fucking it, it's like <laughs> fine. Like, give him the soul, I, let them leave, and all the humans are safe. You have millions of people who are about to die. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, but I can't let this fake copy of a digital memory of a woman get hijacked by another fake copy of a digital memory of a man and go off into space to do their own isolated thing. I'm like, that is clearly the best option here. Like, (laughs) because what he does is even worse anyway. And yeah, right. If 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 that's your like moral benchmark, then what he did in the end is far worse. Uh, but, but on top of that, we get to the end of it and Anorak reveals is like, oh, I, I had the shutdown thing in place. I bluffed anybody who died they're They're fine. Their avatars got shut down. Um, 
But we know that he didn't have that in place for the people still alive because uh, Parzival, Wade, went over his limit and started getting the effects and was like, he was in a friggin' coma for a day. Placebo and like, effect. And all this. <laughs> and, and, and then it gets to the end. He's like, but nobody died. Everything worked out. It was fine. I'm like, BS. No, no. Some people, people died. absolutely died here. He there were plenty of people who didn't have their avatars get killed and get put into the shutdown mode. There were plenty of people who logged into uh, the 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 Oasis. He didn't try and gloss over. Him. He, he talked about the ones and who died. the firmware update went in place. Like, over. There were definitely a lot of people who died here, and like this hand wave activity. of like, oh, and yep. everything was fine. It was just like between between the very clear, easy moral solution of just like fine, give him the, the soul and let him go off and fuck off into space by himself. And, and, and then, and then the try the attempt at dodging the like actual physical consequences of this, I was like the, the end of this book sent me into rage beyond words. <laughs> I mean, I like I, I was so angry and, <laughs> I could not, I, I honestly could not believe the way he ended this book. That he managed to take a book I already was considering the worst book I've ever read and made it far worse. He set it up so that a better writer could take over and write a more interesting oh. story. It's fine. One thing, I, like, side note on it, like, how big was the Vonnegut? Could you see it from the ground? Like, could all these, could, could all these poor masses that he decided not to help... <laughs> Could they like see it? Well, he said it was a secret. Yeah. Well, could they see it from like you know like what is this weird fucking? They're they're like oh it's a new international space station. Oh this this vanity project of this billionaire (laughs) incel. Could they see it from their from their poor from their poor shanty huts? Do you think Ernest Klein? Do you think Ernest Klein was pressing it? Did he know that he was writing what Elon Musk would become? I I mean, maybe (laughs) like in in fifteen years we we might be like Ernest Klein was a fucking. Nostradamus level. No. 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 Look, we don't, we don't know. I mean, Elon Musk is like halfway there already. He like, uh, he's pro- Elon Musk definitely has like a weird consciousness. Oh, he, thing no, he going totally on does, but sure. the world doesn't think collectively the way Ernest Klein clearly would like them to think. That's fair. <laughs> That's true. Because oh, so, again, yeah. a lot of people died just testing the ONI and nobody, like, that's not oh. even mentioned. Like Wade just like there's there had to be human testing for this and multiple people had to have gone insane and or just gone into a coma. Probably like a lot of like disabled people from it. I think Wade just and pushes that off onto Halliday, though, because most of that testing would have presumably be. Well, done by he Halliday does that a lot in this. Generation. He's like, like That's he does sin, it. I, I mentioned with the robot. Ref- doesn't bother. Yeah, me. I mentioned with the robot. Sorry, go ahead, Rob. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no that was it. No, that's all I was saying. Oh, okay. Because because he does this a lot. He he talks about he, like he is he's in charge of all these things. The buck stops with him. He makes yeah. all these decisions. Like he talks about the robot uprisings. Like you're making the robots, you fucking asshole. He talks <laughs> it like the ONI. These people died from your product that you chose to release. Like you're you should go bankrupt now because the AI of your of your Hitler idol tried to kidnap like literally just kidnapped everyone in their mm-hmm. consciousness. And now you should go bankrupt because they're all going to sue you. Yeah. And and because because they mention like they mention there's some form of a government still in existence because the society is not nearly as broken as he implies it. 
most of the time because they talk about presidents. They talk about election. He talks about elections. Well, and there's like international wars going on. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, so this exists. Like he can, you know, he and, and there's clearly, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's even actually the CEO or if it's just like in, in, I go back to, I made this point in the first book where I think he's he, might be, he, he's, 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 like un, he's like the chairman of the yeah, board. Yeah. He's an unreliable thing. narrator. Like it could be just be him like wow. talking shit where he's just like a figurehead. I don't because, think he is an unreliable narrator. Well, like I don't think Klein's he, clever enough to write with, with, he, he's, the, he's the CEO. <laughs> he's the most powerful person on the planet. He should be having like weekly meetings with the president, but that it just never talks about like, Pre- President Whoa. Will Wheaton from the first book, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is yeah. still still That's fucking right. dumb. He's that. not even you know, but he doesn't you know he's not, he doesn't talk about meeting him. He doesn't talk about like the 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 speeches he has to give at consortiums because again he can he can make or break entire country GDPs with a click of a button. He sends a billion yeah. dollars. To one to the lo-fi for just nothing. Yeah. Like, and that's that's fine. That that should <laughs> that should that should that should collapse a small country, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. That's, that's just just sending a billion dollars to someone. Like, you know, he, he talks about oh, just hand waves. There's so, no so, sense so of we, scale or consequences. To there's anything. no sense of scale, consequences, or time. Because yeah. he and early on in the book, oh, he yeah, talks about time, yeah. building entire buildings or putting up buildings just for like vanity projects. He talks about and he's like I said, spending hundreds of millions of dollars on a movie about about himself. No, like yeah, a series of movies about himself. Like, oh, oh a, he does he does that thing with the lo-fi. He's like, he's like, I decided to resurrect the dead lo-fi. So when they log in, <laughs> the next time they log in, everything will be there, and then also they will get a bunch of movie offers. And you're like, what? When? Like, just say they did that. So they logged yeah. in, they had everything, and then they got a bunch of movie offers. It's it's all like done in the future. Like he writes about in the future, but like just say it happened because the end of the book is all his consciousness in the spaceship. That's like years in it. I don't know. Right, it's, right. it's just none of it. It doesn't make sense. Okay, so yeah. let's let's go into miscellaneous points and wrap this into least favorite lines in the book. Okay. Yeah. Let me look at my. Let, let me think about. So I want to start off on page five. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna need a slight break to. Like get my thoughts together. Yeah, yeah. To I'll, I'll go for point. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. On page five, he spends about a hundred, maybe 150 words, explaining the cultural significance of the number thirteen. Everybody knows the number thirteen has cultural significance, and why? Fair, <laughs> like, fair, fair. Um, uh, multiple multiple notes I had in in this book where he. Uh, like early on, each band was comprised of jointed retractable segments composed of or comprised. He does okay. this over and over again throughout the book. Um, he just doesn't know, you know, um, I already said the dot O and I thing. Um, oh, man. Oh. oh, yeah. OK, here's one. He's talking about like what the O and I does for people. And he goes, now people no longer watched movies or television shows. They lived them. The viewer was no longer in the audience. Now they were one of the stars. Instead of just being in the audience at a rock concert, now you could experience the concert as each member of your favorite band and be each one of them as they slash you performed your favorite song. Like, first off, I'm pretty sure this guy has never been to a concert because being in the crowd, being part of that experience is so much more than like just experiencing your favorite song played live. Like it is there, there is like a sense of 
belonging and community and energy that you get from being in the crowd. And I've been on, on stages. I've, I've been in performances and like that has its own kind of rush, but it's wholly different from being in an audience in like an awesome metal show in a mosh pit. Like there no, absolutely I mean, would still be people like wanting to go to shows like, yeah. and then, and then you, you take this consequence to the next step. It's like, okay, if everybody, if that's really the idea here, um, I know I'm, I'm like going on tension here, about a big concert goer. It's like, this is important to me. Um, if people stopped going to concerts because they just want to live in their favorite musicians experiences on the stage, suddenly your, your favorite bands are going to die because nobody's going to show up to their shows. Yes. Like <laughs> that was actually my exact, my response. Like, what's the point? Like if you can, for the cost of nothing, just live whatever experience you want. Like, why do people do anything? Yeah. Cause when, when, yep. the, when the O and I came yep. out, like you can just do whatever the fuck you want yeah. and experience it. doesn't check out. You don't actually have sense. to do anything. You can, yeah. And then at the very end of that chapter, or, or not, not the end of the chapter, but the end of the scene. He goes, new applications of ONI technology continued to reveal themselves. For example, it became fashionable for young mothers to make an ONI recording while they gave birth to their <laughs> child so that in a yeah. few decades, that child would be able to play back that recording and experience Yo, what it feels like to Yo, I put like my phone down at that point. What oh, the oh. Fuck, dude. I put my phone down at that point because I've been putting off like Sign me up up. And going and walking yeah. around and actually like. Okay, can you imagine what like twisted fucking no, no. mind? Not only thought of this yeah. idea, but also frames it as a good you know, thing. I know exactly who it was. Like, can you imagine? You know, it's, it's the cliche argument. It's like, no, it's it, where 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 a woman's like, you don't know pain until you've given birth, and the man's like, yeah, whatever. It's like, all right, put on your goddamn ONI. Here's what giving birth is like. Yeah, sure, we, sure. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. not the framing given here. It's, it's not the like, framing, but I can see oh the Oh my goodness. Yeah. The Honestly, idea of like, this is such a gift I'm giving to my child. What if you're a narcissist? That, that's fucking all this is. Yeah. Yeah. This whole book is narcissism <laughs> in a shell. I remember that exact moment. I remember what? that exact moment when I came across that line. I had to pee. I hadn't gotten up in a while. I was reading the book through. I was hungry. I was thirsty. That line came and I was like... Yeah, I'm putting this down. Uh, this this is the moment. Like this is what I'm getting up and going to do something else. That moment drove me like that was the line. I'm I'm glad we bring that up right here because six hours ago, that was me. So no, uh, I, I got I got one. Okay, you got I, I got, got I got one one I have. It's like what I found very unnerving was like from their first book, Halliday liking Kira. I kind of got it. Like in a weird sure. like I get it, but like how much Halliday wanted to bang Kira in this book. Was unnerving. Oh. How much he, how much, how much he wanted to bang his best friend's wife in this book. Way. How do you know his, he, was he just very wanted strange. to bang her? He wanted a whole life. He just, he, he he really, just like, wanted I mean, her, like her personality. Like he just wanted. That's that's not better. Phrasing it as like, oh, he just. It's, wanted, it's actually better if he just wanted to bang her. Actually, just wanting her like entire consciousness is not. Like I'm just saying that it was just really. It's something I made note of because it was brought up multiple times. How much like this entire book is just based on how much Halliday just solely wanted. To essentially bang his best friend's wife. Yeah. I think you're oversimplifying. So, it. so I, I've, still I've right, freely but you're oversimplifying it. Go ahead. This book was such a slog for me to read. Like, it, it, it this is not a long book. It took me the better part of two weeks to read it. <laughs> um, and the vast majority of it was done late at night. Um, late at night. This is a like, man who reads like Rhythm of War one day. 
when too. I'm like, oh, I'm not tired. I'm just going to like slam a couple beers and, and read this yeah. garbage. Um, so uh, apparently I had forgotten that I even made this note. Um, when early on in one of the extended, many, many extended info dumps, he's describing his motive prototype tactical immersion vault, right? Oh yeah. Oh, oh the the coffin things. That yeah. fucking and, and it, yep. it, it, you know part of GSS's new Super Vault Deluxe line of tactical Oasis immersion vaults. The motive looked more like a heavily armed robotic spider than a coffin. It was an armored escape vehicle, and apparently, uh, on December nineteenth at one thirty one a.m., I I wrote a note saying, "Not sure I've ever seen a more blatant gun above the incel mantle." And wow, I was right on that one. Yeah, he for sure used that for in the, in the end of the book. Interesting. Oh my god. And then, and then two paragraphs later. So no, no, it. the next paragraph. You sniped, it. You sniped says, it from half the book away. No, more than half the book. Um, that was at fourteen percent of the way. Oh. In the book. Anyway, <laughs> the next paragraph. Our in-house ad agency had already come up with the perfect slogan. Quote. If you're going to use lethal force to defend yourself, you better have a motive. You're you're a mega rich, like un thousand time over trillionaire. If that's what your in-house ad agency came up with, you need to hire a new in-house <laughs> ad agency. <laughs> I mean, if you're the most powerful person on the planet, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm like, yeah, my, okay. my note was like, this your in-house book. ad agency has the marketing and writing skill of a six-year-old. Yeah. I, I got, <laughs> I got, I got one I conceit got. that money is magic and money does all the things that magic can also do. It does, uh, I mean, it no, does. But, but the thing is like, he wrote that as if it was this like super clever marketing yeah. headline. I got, I got another one that I'm, I got, I got two actually. So I'm just going to, but I'm going to go with the one that tangent, like spider coffins. What the fuck are those? Like what, how do those work? How do those look like they have those in the, like they're sitting in the spider, like yeah. spider coffins, like, well, they're, they're in the abdomen, I would imagine. Yeah. But like, like the coffin is the abdomen. And then you have like a, like the legs sprouting out of the thorax above you. I don't know. So you're like suspended hanging down which, while the, the, thing the legs are attached to which like ties like i don't know either like that just the concept of it was very strange to me but it ties Mm. into another thing of i don't know i guess i don't know if it ties but like the other note i have is like the plot the finishing plot at the end was so convoluted and strange to me i didn't understand it i'm hoping one of you guys can maybe enlighten it's like so at some point holidays holidays ai avatar is like outside the window just yep. like checking his watch, like waiting, waiting for it, right? Waiting for him to come out. But he's like, yep. he's like piloting. He's in the spider coffin, yep. and but he's piloting oh, no. a robot in an ambulance where there's multiple people in the back of an ambulance. Uh, wait, is yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. But there's but there's like four people in this ambulance, right? Uh-huh. And then, but then at the same time, one of the lo-fi is there also, like driving the ambulance. And it's like one of the time, yeah. Yeah, but it's like and he dies. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's but there's no but there's no reason because because these robots, which are only mentioned at the beginning of the book, yeah, are driving it. And I, like I said, I just need someone to like walk me through <sighs> the plan and the logic here and why. Because I got I got I honestly I got very confused because I'm like a lot of these la- these layers didn't it didn't make sense to me. Um, I want they I, like, they happened because Klein needed it for drama. 
Like he needed, he needed uh, like Miles to like, be in, in how many the people, truck how many so he could have this, somebody die. How many people were in this ambulance? Like, <laughs> I, I don't because yeah. because I made a note. I was like, I I got very confused. Like I was intently reading this, but I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Who like this ambulance is driving, but they're all in spider coffins. But there's people dying in. They're the not all in spider coffins. You're right. They're, they're not all in spider coffins. Yeah. There's like limp, comatose bodies yeah. and. The, which was the other point I had. Like, like, like uh, Artemis was piloting one of the telebots, but she was in just like our, her little like normal haptic rig. Yeah. I don't know. But, I, 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 it, the, the ending just felt so weird. The plan, the plan seemed weird. And then during all this, Halliday is just standing outside of Wade's window, like in, in, the, in, oasis. in the Oasis. While just, he was also piloting a telebot yeah, in the real world. Just, he's just like outside, the, just like, just like looking, like looking at a watch. Just which, like, just like, what are you doing, man? Which, by the way, like, um, also brings up one of my issues with the end of it. So, like, we we find out that like Anorak and Sorrento like kind of didn't. Oh, uh, Sorrento! Oh, we never time. talked about that piece of shit. We never talked about right. Sorrento. So, right. um, like Sorrento is <laughs> like I'm like we have this like Mexican standoff, like like three guys pointing two guns at like yep. one at, at it each. You know, like the the office yeah. scene. With oh like my god! Jim let's, and, and, let's talk like, about Sorrento. No, yes, go. But, but like so, this scene. Yeah. So Sorrento is like, you know, he's like, Anorak betrayed me. You, we had an agreement. This wasn't it. I did my part. Now do yours. And he's like, he pressed the gun harder against Og's temple and got directly at me. I want my revenge. But like this conversation sets up that he and Anorak have already had this conversation, and that like they're they're on the outs now, and then Anorak just. Quote, then suddenly and without warning, Anorak fired a single round from his telebot's forearm-mounted gun and shot Sorrento directly in the forehead. Yeah, like, what was he waiting for? There was no reason for Anorak to wait this long yeah. to do that after yeah. Sorrento betrayed him, especially because he knows if Og gets hurt, he's there's, screwed. There's like also no reason for Sorrento Because <laughs> drama... Yeah, well, it's like... like that's, no, no, that's no, no. I think it's because he wanted... Percival to see that he was now at odds with Sorrento, like like yeah, I he's, think he's the new. If he just, he's, if yeah, he just showed up and Sorrento was dead, he's not going to trust anything that uh, is saying. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't he? he? he hearing if, this, if hearing that this, was what if 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 the reality of the situation here is that Anorak bluffed and okay. and Wade called his bluff. Yep. Sorrento is betraying him. He mm-hmm. he needs Og alive for what he wants. He should have just killed Anorak immediately, released Og, and Wade shows up and he's like. All right, here we go. I'm dealing with you on a level, and cool. Which would have been great because, like, like that so, that was so, the Sorrento, logical thing to do. Sorrento made no sense. His inclusion made no sense oh, because it was because yeah. he he was the big bad in the first book. Like Wade fucking hated this this guy. This guy yeah. killed his this guy killed his aunt. Yeah, and count his all. He killed all of his neighbors. Like yeah, people he that I like hundred. Yeah, no, uh, they like they all, said it was only thirty seven or whatever. Like, these but are like, all people that assuming Wade yeah. knew because they all lived in like a trailer park together. Mm-hmm. So, but but you know he's he's so so. There's one scene distinctively to me that stands out with Sorrento's inclusion, which was so fucking dumb. It was on the Prince World, which we love. Yeah, so when much. he just showed he just, up, he just yeah, yeah, just out of nowhere. He like Sorrento just shows up. He's like, <laughs> oh, by the way, Anorex watching you, and then just teleports the fuck away. It's like. Oh. Yeah. They know they know that. They mention that. They know Anorak's watching and like, like Anorak is oh. he's a god he's a demigod in this fucking world. You don't need to teleport in Sorrento to tell Sorrento. Oh no, he says boo. In. He's like he like, Yeah, he literally he says, says boo. He goes, like, yeah. he goes boo. He's just like <laughs> basically condescendingly looks at his wrist and then 
vanishes. Like, yeah. Go. And then like the only the first time he's talks is like at that board meeting where, where he's realized and he's like, Oh, I wish you could all see your stupid faces right now. And then like screenshots it and turns it around. It's like, why are you here? There's no use for like Sereno's not used. The, the only reason I, I think the only reason he included them was so Anorak could kill him to supplant him as the new big bad. But like, you know, the, the Wade's behavior towards Sorrento, the fact that this guy killed his aunt and so many people that he knew is so blasé. I again think that Wade is kind of a sociopath, which kind of goes back to the beginning where he's like, I occasionally walk around the weird recreation of yeah. where my mom and aunt died. And, you know, but which, which doesn't make sense because he says he spends all of his time inside the Oasis. So he shouldn't have any time to walk around. But again, that's because time means nothing and nothing makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. So the Sorrento treatment is so dumb. And I really hope if they make a sequel to this, they actually get the same. Cause the actor who played him in the first one, I love that guy. I hope they make a sequel. Like, he's, he's such a good actor, but I no, see there's it. no way they're actually. No, I want to see a sequel. It'd be great. Content. No. I, I want, I want to no, see, see a sequel <laughs> because look, look, I want, I want him to get Spielberg back and Spielberg to be like, picture us getting together next this? Christmas. Talk about ready player three. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, oh no, oh no! It's like it's like that Scott. <laughs> no, there's no I, I want them there's to no do the, the Scott Pilgrim treatment. I don't know if you watch the the Scott Pilgrim animated yeah. thing on Netflix. I have not. The new oh, one. No, no, where where they go in a completely different story. Where like, what if Scott Pilgrim dies, like from the first X, and then it's all from there. I just spoiled it for you. Sorry, put a spoiler in this. That's <laughs> no, fine. It's it's, it's, it's an amazing movies. it's amazing take on it because like the movie's already been done, the comic's been done. It's like they don't need an animated version of it. Let's do a completely different story, okay. but that's also faithful. I want them to do this movie, but Wade dies from masturbatory injuries mm. from jacking off too much early on. Yep. But then you know the AI. But then so then the the mantle is you know untaken. So there's like this weird there's this weird there's this weird uh, holiday AI going around. I'm also getting a little drunk by the way, so my rants might not make sense. <laughs> but there's like a weird AI that's like, what the fuck do I do? Like. The guy who controlled the cape, which I need, is dead from jacking off too much. So how do I how do, how do I do what do I do with this? And then it just actually it all goes to uh, Samantha, and she just solves all the world's problems. Apparently, Min- minus the no. Again, this brings me to another point. Let's talk about Samantha because the plane dies. And a bunch of people, or the plane goes down. Yeah, and it she kills just, like forty fucking people. Yeah, she, and she's she, she doesn't care. She should have PTSD. Well, she has her yeah. badass and moment though. She's like, no, I, the sky, I timed it. Don't makes worry. Everything okay. I dodged the, the like suicide plane full of people. Yeah, and I'm fine. Don't everyone else it. didn't. <laughs> it's like yeah. there's a bunch of bodies on a fucking playground somewhere, and you know, for the moral center of the book, she didn't seem to have a lot of it. Her biggest moral center argument was, have you seen The Matrix and Sword Art Online? That's it. Okay, next next point. Rob, to use the I want to hear some of Rob's favorite uh, uh, lines. Or least favorite? No, no, favorite stuff. We're not at lines uh, yet. Favorite, least favorite things. Wow. God. Some things that stood out to you. Put it that way. <laughs> things that stood out to me. Okay, let me, let me take yeah, a quick Yeah, and Rob and I will have a... Another shot. Are you okay. Oh, um, okay. I, I have a couple of, I, I want a couple of my things to not be entirely negative. So I'm going to point out a couple of things that I liked just really quick. I did. Yeah. 
I did find that Klein built up a pretty good feeling of dread when Wayne explains the implications of the ONI being available to the public. You got the sense right away of exactly what the hell the implications of this thing were. He goes, for less than the cost of an iced latte, you can now safely experience just about anything that human beings could experience. You could take any drug. He kind of hand waves that to me. Any kind of food or have any kind of sex without worrying about addiction, calories, or consequences. That was a little scary to read. That was a moment where I was going, okay, all right. Yeah, you've, yeah, you've but dropped. he didn't write that as a bad thing, though. But Well, he didn't do no, anything but, with it either. Like. I feel like he did, though, because that was a moment where he trusts the reader to actually take that zoom out backwards and go, oh, shit, this is going to turn people into mashed potatoes. Like, that's it. That, that, that This is the fall of humanity. Like, I, I felt like that was accurately portrayed. There. In that scene, yes. But the ultimate conclusion the book comes to is like, no, no, this is fine. Oh, and that's true. That's that's absolutely po- I'm just saying in this moment, this was a feeling that I had reading this book. This oh, okay. Like, oh, okay. Okay. Like, we're, I'm, I'm zooming in quite a bit on the, uh, yeah. the macro I'm, level. I'm, yeah. I'm still not, honestly, I'm, still not completely sure what, I'm sorry. I'm still not completely sure, like, how that difference, like, you mentioned it's like a sensation thing how that was terribly different than what was doing happening before, because the previous book again says people were still having weird jerk off session shit in the first book. <laughs> Wade discusses that yep. he spends an entire large amount of time in a weird, a weird VR brothel and just like going to weird jerk off sessions it's been for like two, months on end. More than two years. After like the, the sec- after he finds the second key Gunter, Gunter yeah. shard. I'm not even. Okay. And, but so like, how's it, how's the sensation that different from that? Well, so, what, what this reminded me of, like the the idea, the ONI tech, um, reminded me of was first handing in the Axe of Cain. Hand, hand. yeah, yep. Um, like, and, and as as Klein astutely points out, there are a lot of different classic sci-fi series from the '60s onward that engage with ideas like this, of experiencing other people's lives and emotions and feelings and thoughts, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Um, but me being the Matthew Stover stan I am, Kane was the first thing I thought of here. I wrote and, so much better. And, and I, yeah, like he I'm thinking about the problems. way <laughs> the way Stover demonstrates um, like people who throw their lives into first-handing actors on adventures versus the way Klein portrays it in this book with people logging into the Oasis could not be more different. And like, and we're talking about like a series in the Acts of Cain that I don't really agree with a lot of the philosophical conclusions he comes to in that series either, but he handles them so much better. He makes you actually think and engage with them. Whereas here, Klein just kind of like throws it against the wall and then moves on. Could you imagine, oh man, Matthew Stover, Ready Player Three. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure he would make that book really oh, good it would make it fucking i'm insane. sure it would be amazing <laughs> these could all be considered prequels to get matthew silver na- now that disney foolishly kicked him to the curb get they him did? writing ip in the ready player one world i am because again i'm surprised there hasn't been an axe of cane like series or something so I, dude, I, that's a whole i mean it's graphic it, it's graphic oh, for goodness. sure it is but. perfect heroes die you could do a one season 10 episode heroes die hbo show and it would take the world by storm. It's, it's only because I'm slightly different. What's the one they, they did the the body switching one? Why am I blanking on it? The um, the, the the one with the giant Swedish guy. 
what show? A show? The, 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 yeah, the TV show where you can change consciousnesses into it. You switch your consciousness into different... Altered Carbon? I'm a blanking on the name. It's like a three-part series to... The first one is in the weird cyberpunk one. Second one takes place on Mars with... But it's like oh, a different actor no every time. I have no idea what this oh, is. God damn it. That's fine. I have no... Edit that one out because I just didn't know what it was. It's fine. But <laughs> yes, I agree with you. Matthew Stay were awesome. But yeah, like, it's just like... Klein, there are a lot of points in this book where Klein steps up to the verge of doing something interesting and he never fails to pull back. He never fails to run away from it. Like, and and that made for a really frustrating reading experience beyond the, like the structural complaints, beyond the character complaints, whatever. There's a really cool idea here. There's a great premise in this book. He has... He clearly is good at, at, at like the big picture things. Like there's a reason Ready Player One was so popular. He grasped onto an idea that captivated millions of people. I don't think he executed it particularly well. But again, here, he has an idea that has merit and that has potential. But he failed to achieve anywhere close to that potential because... He focused on like the shallowest, most tepid applications of that idea. Amen. Amen. I agree. I'll drink <laughs> Altered carbon. Oh, I oh, said I that. Very good. Did you Wait, not hear me this, say that? The first the first the first book is great. It's it's again, if you like Matthew Stover, you're right. gonna love the you're gonna like you're gonna like the first okay. book of that for sure. And they 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 did a, they did the first book on Netflix and it was very good. It's it's yeah, I've heard very yeah, very the, the uh, second season's iffy, but that. it's like it's like the perfect kind of series for that because it's like a Doctor Who thing where you can just switch the lead every season. Oh, sure. Because, yeah. you know, the consciousness switches into a different body. And it's it's a great setup, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I, I recommend that one. And if that guy, hang on, I just had to pull it up. If that guy took over this show, Richard Morgan, if he, if he did this, if he wrote some sort of Ready Player 3, I'd be like, yes. <laughs> Anyone but Klein write Ready Player 3. Because I feel like he's... He set up concepts that are interesting. Like, like you don't die. It's it's a lot of shallow shit. You don't want to dive into because you can't because no, they don't you, stand up. You can like, well, well uh, like, like, yeah. If you don't go in, don't go into the oasis because he doesn't explain. He doesn't explain the collapse like the world very well. Right, right. And so you can kind of expand on that however you want. But there are like baseline themes in here. Transhumanist ideas. Like, is it a good thing? Well. This is the problem. The book doesn't ask, is it a good thing that we are putting our future into the hands of artificial intelligence? Yeah. He's like, no, fuck off. He's just just like, no, this is, this is good. This is our happy ending. Yeah. And like, that's where my problem with the book, like why I got so much angrier about the book where I'm like, dude, you had all the potential in the world to write a cool book with really important, engaging ideas that Whoa. that will challenge okay. modern readers to think about the technology they're interacting with every day. And this is even like pre-chat GPT, AI art, AI whatever in the business realm. Like this could have been a really prescient book, but instead he he was scared by the implications of those ideas and just wrote, no, it's all good. Here's our utopia. The <laughs> no, characters had good. a happy ending. It's great. Oh, oh man, I have a good, I have a good thought. I have a good thought experiment. Like, 
like what would be if you were to like you know think about it like what's a good ending because in my head right now i'm sitting here like what if what if you're the ai on the ship and the last message you get from earth is like we were wrong it's all fucked and it's like something about the destruction of earth like everything's fucked it's like that's that's it you're that's all you get Like if that's the ending, I was like, that been way I, more it, it, it would have shifted my opinion of this book. From yeah. like, All right. He was building up to that. <laughs> like, right. I've been like, but right. like everyone actually dies at the end. And now it's just a weird consciousness spiraling through yeah. space towards unsure. Like, yeah. That's it. And, and we're just supposed to accept that everybody's happily ever after. Like, I mean, we don't, we don't know. It's, it's all from the AI, the ship consciousness. Like you don't see like, you know, the, the last thing it talks about is like, uh, the no, but here's the thing, things, though. Like, like, they could have got divorced. Look, hard, look, like, he could have... They like, could have. They could have. But, oh, they did. They 100% did. Well, I mean... In, he, got in, caught, he got caught in jerking In any off. logical world, yeah, he was virtually he, cheating on her. Yeah, 100%. Um, but the problem is, Ernest Klein never wrote the narrator in... Like, he never gave us any indication that this is an unreliable narrator. He never gave us any indication that we're supposed to distrust the the ideas being put forward but that makes it like easy. it's all from and, it's all and from so, his place so like yeah you can yeah. you can assign your head canon to it you can you can become a like you can insert yourself as a reader into the story and say i am choosing to interpret it this way but this is not a series that invites you to do it this is not a series that says hey there are questions you need to ask and answer for yourself like that book well, of the I new sun, Rob, like very early on, it makes it clear. You can't trust what this narrator is telling you. And you need to read between the lines to figure I out mean, what's I, really going on. I disagree. I think, I think Ernest, Klein, I think Ernest Klein sets it up boldly where he's like, no. if you are presented with every possible situation <laughs> that you could possibly imagine and any sort of fulfillment, you can, um, and, and you want, like, if you can just, for the cost of $15, you can fulfill every sure. sexual fantasy you want. Okay. Why are you still productive? Why Why do you even get out of bed? Yeah, but why, that, are, that, why aren't adult diapers are, the number one selling product those on are, the planet? Sure. Like, I, I think those are valid questions to ask. I but so. those aren't questions that make you um, distrust the narrator. Like no, the, I've I've assumed yeah. I've assumed since book one, and I mentioned it in the first podcast. I assume he's this is I assume these entire stories are Wade talking to his grandkids, basically from a nursing home, telling him how he saved the world, and they're all like, <laughs> "Fucking sure, Grandpa, good job, buddy." Yeah, yeah, but no, because 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 there are things though. he wouldn't tell people. Oh my god, if, I've been if in a nursing were, home. If he yeah. were so self interested, <laughs> he wouldn't say the things he says here no like because like, the second one is him compensate like the first book was all he's the hero he does nothing wrong he knows everything but but he also like reveals like really fucked up stuff that he did yeah that's the that's the author the author th- this goes back to ernest klein to no, be we're, we're bookending it the first book ernest klein fucking hates himself but at yes, the same time he yeah. cannot he cannot help himself but Correct. jerk off to himself either Correct. He, because when he's we're self- armchair dis- psychologists on making when, out loud now, yeah, exactly. we're not just writers anymore. And this, this is what happens when we're <laughs> two hours in on it and we've been drinking. 
It's like so yeah, after we just had our, our yeah, fifth shot of fifth 94 the, proof Kraken. Yeah. So so because in the first <laughs> book, when he's like physically describing himself, it's repulsive. And but he's but in the second book, he's not gonna re-physically describe himself. In fact, he barely physically no, no, describes himself. He anyone. doesn't need to, yeah. And so well, so but excuse he, me, but still, excuse me. He very much physically describes all the beautiful women. Oh yeah, boobs. He likes did, do you guys know that Ernest Klein likes boobs a lot? Oh yeah. He likes big, boobs. Big boob guy. Big, he's a big boob guy. There's like not people, a lot of, there's not a lot like of butt to, talk. Like, you know? People like to uh, get on Robert Jordan and be like, wow, like, oh, how many bosoms in that series? None of, of the descriptions of, of women in The Wheel of Time are even remotely as creepy as what Ernest Klein manages to do I mean, in, in this. In Ernest Klein's defense, like, in Wheel of Time... You know, it's not a man jumping into a woman's body and all of a sudden being able to touch your own boobs. Just saying. Uh, excuse me. Just there literally <laughs> is a man who who gets transmigrated into a woman's body in the wheel of time. God damn it. Right. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. That, that's true. Shit. <laughs> How did I forget about it? Robert R-E-K-T. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I just thought of another point. Like, philosophically, I love, I love... Obviously, having philosophical discussions about our Ernest Klein book, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're going to talk I about Shinto, who did absolutely fucking nothing this entire book, other oh, he, than he got turned into like a spare part comedic relief. Not even, and like his whole thing. Like, no, well, this is actually a point of confusion to me. So the entire thing was he he had a baby in Japan uh-huh. to encourage Japanese people to have babies, and that's right. the entire point of anything <laughs> he does. Yeah. But like. Did he learn to speak English? Because there's points where they're talking with each other. Because they, they oh, do that. Because yeah, they enough, do that. They, they do that thing where they're uh, talking about the the, cor- the Prince they, Corvette, Corvette song, and he had the lyrics wrong. And him and H H is like, "You got the lyrics wrong." He's like, "Oh, true. sorry about that." Huh. But it's like maybe there's new translation software. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> like, damn. Like, but which is a side point. Like they're an hour. They have an hour and a half till everyone goes comatose, and then they spend 15 minutes copying a song yeah. and oh sing, all singing together <sighs> because because they need to they're they're like but they 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 say a few times by by the, after a few times they're all singing together but then earlier on like two pages earlier they say they have an hour and a half till everyone starts going into a coma so they're singing a song and then multiple times Shaito's like hey is this this reference from this this and this and then H is like no it's this from this 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 it's like, what the fuck are you doing? You have like people are dying right now. Yeah. Like while you're while you're talking about your exposition That's about your saying, stupid fucking Prince things, like, what the fuck? And then that leads me to my next <laughs> thing that I want to talk about, which is clearly as I'm as I drink more, ob- obviously Wade has no like Wade and Ernest Klein have no idea about Prince because he's describing everything as weird. He's like he's like I see this clock where the date is shown right above it. And, oh, it's, and it's like, why, why is that weird? Everything you've seen, that's not weird. It's like, or- and I highlighted this. Yeah, and it's really? like, this isn't that weird. It's just you pointing out that you're not familiar with prints and you're just including this because you as an author have no idea. And on top of that, this is another example of like my, my ongoing problem with Brandon Sanderson, a Sanderson-esque simile here he he writes this as if it's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna add some flower and spice to my prose here. There was a large clock mounted up above with all in caps the time printed directly above it in all capital letters. This struck me as odd. 
like printing the date above a calendar. That has to be the worst simile I have ever. Yes, read. that's exactly what I was thinking. Of. <laughs> like, like that doesn't like why? Why is that weird though? You may have just, just said the same thing twice in a row. He spends. Like, <laughs> he spends. My, my he spends his entire it, life on planets that are way weirder than that. My 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 note on it was the scintillating mind of Ernest Klein. Everyone, <laughs> that's like someone going to like another country and being shocked that the culture is different. <sighs> And then, okay, uh, I love it. the literal next page, uh, I'm, I'm going to go into some some more of my points. Um, Do it. That's they go into it. the club, right? Yeah. I felt like we were walking into the hippest night spot on the ninth level of Dante's Inferno. Oh, there's a weird pull. Ernest Klein has never read The Inferno. He has not I read I fucking it. guarantee it. I this description, you that. the yeah. ninth circle, <laughs> all the lighting was reddish in hue and there were flames everywhere you looked, lit candles on every table. Torches mounted on the walls and balcony railings and dozens of burning fireplaces upstairs and down. But the club didn't even feel warm. It was filled with happy, chattering NPCs, beautiful people in colorful attire. Blah, 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 blah. I want to I read what do the you Ninth know, Circle is. Do you know what the Ninth Circle yes, is? Those it are, is, those are it is a black, frozen lake. It is the bottom circle of hell, the deepest pit. At the very center is Satan. Frozen into the lake. Betrayers. As you move closer in, yeah, the traitors but it's betrayers. And, and the, and the betrayers yeah. are are frozen in this circle. And according to the uh, uh, seriousness of their sin, are buried further into the ice. He just described a scene full of reddish hues and fire. Oh my God! Can the you ninth imagine? circle is an ice lake. I want. I want to. I want to imagine. So, so this as, dude has no fucking oh clue. Goodness. He's making a reference he clearly didn't research. As 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 these consciousnesses go further out, they're going to go more crazy, and one of them is going to make like an actual accurate Dante's Inferno representation, and they're going to like trans. They like I assume because they receive messages from Earth. I'm assuming they can send it back. It's like, hey, upload this onto the Oasis. It's going to be like a Dante's Inferno, which probably actually already exists, honestly, in the vastness of the Oasis. It's like an accurate representation mm. of Dante's Inferno. And I wanted Wade to go there. I mean, that would have been sick. That would have been, been sick. Out. Like, yeah. Wade is like, uh, what the who, fuck? Who cares about the 1980s? We want the 1380s, baby. Jesus. <laughs> Where Wade has to defeat Satan and, like, you know, figure out how to get, like, Brutus out of the mouth of Satan as he's constantly being devoured. So uh, on the topic of uh, references that, like, he, he clearly messed up here. Um, when they're when they're fleeing Angband uh, yeah. after stealing the Silmaril from the crown of of Morgoth, who just by the way just falls over. Very anticlimactic battle, by the no, way. But th- that that in and of itself is accurate to the book. Like they come in, Luthien sings well, a spends- song. He falls asleep. They chop a uh, uh, Baron cuts one of the uh, Silmarils out of his crown. His knife breaks. A shard of it goes into uh, Morgoth's face. It wakes him up and they have to flee. Anyway. I just learned. They're fleeing. She says, if you do, the knife will break and you'll awaken Morgoth and all of his minions. Then we'll have Gothmog and Glaurung coming down on us, along with a host of orcs, wargs, werewolves, vampires, and balrogs, all led by Ancalagon the Black. Ancalagon the Black. Okay, here it is. Did not exist. At the time of Baron and Luthien, the winged dragons, of which Ancalagon was the king, uh, they were revealed for the first time in the final battle of the First Age, in, in uh, when the Valar finally attack. 
Uh, Amcalagon was not a thing when Baron and Luthien invaded Angband. That annoyed me. Did not know that either. Look, look, look. If Ernest Klein is going to go all like, fucking nerd reference, bro. I mean, <laughs> I I'm going to go nerd reference, bro, on him. <laughs> interpretation of that, honestly, very accurate interpretation of how I imagine him as well. <laughs> so. All right. Yeah. Oh, so the, the like the Lord of the Rings and like the inconsistency of how he describes battle scenes is it's frustrating. Like sometimes I mentioned earlier, he's sometimes he goes into remarkable D and D detail about what he's wearing and what he's doing, and then sometimes it takes two sentences and just describes like this happened, and then that's over. All right, but that that's that's a side point. I need some other points because I got I have so many well, points. I just need the tangents. Like let's go to another world and we can talk about it. Like what's like the the John Hughes world is fucking stupid. I mean, it's not stupid. That's what it's that's what it's for. But like, what else? Can someone else tell me other things that happened? We went to the we went to the Prince world. Dude, there's, there's the nothing world. else that fucking happened. Most of the John book Hughes is an info Prince. dump rewinding. That's the problem. Mm, like I've I have reached the end of my time. notes. Like, yeah. The, 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 it, it, uh. Man, I don't like. I feel like there's more to talk, but at the same time, because uh, I don't know. I'm ready for I, I, the I, final draft. Yeah, I only have. Like, I'm two ready to sign the points before then. Just two. That's it. Little. Okay. Little, no, uh, we got to do our best lines too. Obviously, please, yeah. Rob. So I have the only part, the only fucking part of this book that I will admit is anything close to good writing. Okay, are you ready? Then her okay. gaze hardens, and that's it. The exact instant her love for me disappears. I'm too amped up on adrenaline to notice it there in the moment, but I spot it plain as day on every single one of my repeat viewings. The sudden change in her eyes says it all. One second she loves me, the next she loves me not. That was it. Oh, is this early on in the book? Yeah. This was well, very early on. Not in the book. even though. But well, it's it's like thirty percent in. I, I don't want I don't want to spoil it for you, but like this is like right in the middle of when they're like right after he's describes that they're banging every other day like all over the place so when he says that this happens they're still they're still banging all the time right but apparently during that time we also get this is where i'm going that was after where i'm going with this is we also get once she and i started touching each other we both found it difficult to stop i'm like okay but then he decides to go on with we lost our virginity to each other three days after that first kiss then we spent the rest of that week sneaking off to make the beast with two backs at every opportunity. Oh, that's not fuck. This isn't fucking good, man. I was like, dude. This goes back to the weird perpetual horniness he discusses. No, and on top of that, someone like, needs so, to sit so Ernest about... Klein down and explain to him what tasteful means and how yeah. that should be applied to a scene like this. Because that was anything but. I would just, I put it's my phone down. It's not as bad like, a euphemism as finding the little man in the canoe. Yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty bad. Uh, that's the only well, no, thing I remember like, from the so, first so book. Is, is the implication that, like, she lost her love for him because, you know, the, you know, he wanted to release the O&I, but then they still kept fucking no, no, all the time. No, 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 no. Uh, when they have that, when she loses the love for him, that's after they have already uh, stopped. Like, they had sex nonstop for a week, and then they went off their own ways, and then they met back in the Oasis, and then she lost her love for him. But... That was a sequence of events. Still yeah. not great. But no, what's not great about it, though, is, like, we, we get this whole thing about how she doesn't respect him anymore, she doesn't love him anymore, all of that. 
And then Anorak drops this bomb and sends him on a quest. And she immediately loves him again. Like, immediately. I mean, she just she, said, she just like forgets everything. She's like, "Oh, we have a world ending crisis. Forget all of that dumb shit that you did in the past. All the evil, tyrannical corporate overlord stuff you were it's doing. All the, it's all the I PTSD. Love you again. It's the PTSD like, from the plane. This obviously. is what I'm talking about. Like how his character is so unsatisfying because there's no consequences for any of the mistakes he makes. It's because they're rich, which is probably the most accurate. <sighs> That's actually accurate about this book because he's super fucking rich. He no, just gloss over the but fact that every every super fucking rich. So yeah, like, every every choice they make, no. it kills a lot of people, and it doesn't matter to them because they're all okay. psych- they're all psychopaths. Okay. My last, my last, my last, my last total overall one statement opinion on this book. I said I wouldn't use this book to wipe my ass for fear of getting myself dirty. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd, I'd still, you know, pinch wipe my ass with it. But and that line right there is a better line than anything written in this book. He probably would. He'll, he'll probably take it, though, in the Ready Player 3. He'll use it. I wrote that about a third of the way in. He probably sure would, because to, to him it would be a pop culture reference. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get our favorite lines. Okay. Uh, Can I go first? Please. That, that, those okay, were mine. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so. Okay, okay. My favorite, my favorite line was toward the end where, so at a certain point, Wade opens up an email from, uh, he opens up the email from what's his name, the violent sociopath guy that's not him. And again, I'm drunk, but uh, uh, he's like, I, yeah, Halliday. He's like, like the email starts off with saying like, I'm about to tell you some shit that'll make you think bad of me. He's like, you're already fucking Hitler. Just, it's okay. But uh, he's like, uh, he's like, I apologize, but it was an e- email to Ogden. He's like, I apologize for copying your wife without your permission. That's my favorite fucking line. Copying your wife's consciousness. Yeah, with- I, I summarized a- it because I apologize for copying your wife's consciousness without your permission. That's, that is so It's just like, who the fuck? Like, <laughs> I, uh, you take the weight of that sentence. Yeah. It's yep. like, I apologize for essentially stealing your wife's entire existence without telling you and then you know essentially i want to throwing your life into chaos yeah and then i want to i also i just i just really want to fuck your wife i'm sorry basically is what he's saying facetious so much that i would deceive the fuck out of you (laughs) yeah and then that's 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 that that's my favorite like that one because after the culmination of everything i'm sitting here is like this email because he's sitting here reading an email that says this and it's the dumbest like fucking thing, like in all of this situation with like he could just beam like this. how he wrote yeah. out the whole yeah. email. He, too. he could just like, like beam this into your consciousness. He could yeah. like show it in a cool way. He could show up as a consciousness in person, but it's a fucking email that says, "I'm sorry for stealing your wife's consciousness." LOL. KK, bye. Thanks. Okay. Adios. That's my favorite. I have I have an honorable dishonorable mention <clears throat> first. Okay. One does not simply walk into door data loft, I said, assuming that H wouldn't get the joke. She didn't. How? Door what? She replied. This is, this is like, so indicative of both his inability to write graceful sentences and his condescension toward his readers. People are going to know 
all, all he has to say, like you can make the reference, sure. Like one doesn't simply walk into Dor Daedaloth and people can be like, oh, this is a reference to Boromir and the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. like that's something that Butcher would have done, for example. And and you could, even if, like, like the, the most economic way is he just says that and she goes, Dor what? She replied, because of course she did or something like that. Or he could just say, I said, assuming she wouldn't get the joke. Door what? She replied. That right there shows you she didn't get the joke. But before he shows you, he has to tell you she didn't get the joke. She didn't. Door what? She replied. Like, this dude has no trust for his readers at all. On top of that, he's clearly trying to pad out a book that doesn't have enough story to justify a whole book. So at any opportunity, he's just throwing words on the page. And this is where I'm like, his editor failed. <laughs> like, this is so bad. This is mm. basic stuff. If I if I put that sentence in a story in my freshman year college workshop, my professor would have come down on me like a wall of bricks. Like, it's ridiculous that this is in not only a published book, but like a best-selling published book. And then we're going to get to my favorite. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Take it away. Can't so this wait. is uh, after uh, Lucosia explains to uh, Wade about the resurrection capabilities and the rod of resurrection. One line, one line here. Suddenly my heart was beating extremely fast. I can hear it. What is Stephen King's most famous? Anger. What is Stephen King's most famous bit of writing advice? Hmm? The road to hell is paved with adverbs. Suddenly, I've heard that. My heart was beating extremely fast. Hmm. That is the most unwieldy elementary just uninspired sentence. You just went through a whole scene of explaining a, a, a paradigm shifting revelation. And that is the line you're going to drive it home with. Not even my heart pounded. Not even <laughs> something love, as simple as that. How... Suddenly my heart was beating extremely fast. Two adverbs in one sentence, neither of which were necessary. Neither of which did anything to improve the sentence. In fact, they detract from it. You can, if you have any kind of feel for prose, for rhythm, you bring in an evocative word. Extremely, that, that does nothing. That's something eight-year-olds say. Like... <laughs> This one sentence is emblematic of all of what is wrong with his prose in this book. I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with his prose. I mean, that's that is a that is an example. But there's too many to name. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's also a good. Let example. us finally close the door on what will almost certainly be the worst book ever covered on Inking Out Loud. Uh, 
uh, we haven't name one I or mean, two contenders, like, but I may agree with that. Ready Player Three is not going to happen. <laughs> Yo, it might be great I mean, content could, though. We could do Dianetics or some shit. Like, I guarantee you, Dianetics. I haven't read it. I guarantee you, it's better written than this. Like, I, I guess that's the argument. Like, is worse <laughs> written? Is that is that the like, problem? Is this is horribly written? And horribly thought out. You're right. The, the problem is that this is, this, a, is a, this, this is a podcast about writing. So you know, end of the day, that's that's. The this thing. is an unholy marriage of bad writing and and bad execution, and bad everything else. Bad characterization. Bad themes. Bad. I, I, I uh, no. So. I'm going to take my final shot of the, the Ma- episode. Matthew, Matthew yeah. Stover, Ready Player Three. Let's let's trend let's it. Make it. I happen. would read let's that. Make it happen. I would Who the fuck wouldn't? That would be amazing. Mm. <laughs> final. I'm draft. going to take a break from drinking, gentlemen. So I can drive well, later. We have to do the final draft. Yes. This well, is, is this where we all kill ourselves? Yes. Uh, I think that would be the the appropriate time. Uh, Rob Winchell, why don't you yes. go first? What are you drinking there? Uh, crack and rum. Sorry. Um, I want that sound bite. Right no, I'm drinking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's drinking a couple of different things. Yeah, I'm drinking. I'm I drinking a lot. That. I felt my, that, like the main thing that I that I bought was it's called Sad Panda Coffee Stout because that's what that's what this book made me just embodied <laughs> as a way. Uh, people, oh, when one panda sticks his willy in another panda's. Panda's ear, that makes me a sad panda. <laughs> you see the new South Sage Park? advice. No, I have not. No, I have anyway. been waiting to see that though. It's the right how, it's, anyway, yeah, it's I'm drinking sad panda, but we're mostly doing kraken shots because yeah. this book does like it doesn't it doesn't it's, deserve it's that kind of a book. theme drink. It's like there's not there's like you could, there's probably an infinite drink. number of be- beers that reference 80s things, but they don't they shouldn't be associated in a good way with this. Hmm. Interesting. So anyway, interesting. Ugh. Anyway, I, uh, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go jerk off to some sort of weird weird peanut butter porn based on. Oh boy, that'd be yeah. less disturbing than some parts of this book that I read. All right, exactly. Number one, Rob. So I was drinking about four shots up to this point of Captain Morgan's pineapple flavored rum. Mixed with some orange juice. And I did half-ass my themed drink every bit as much as I feel like Ernest Klein half-assed a lot of this book. (laughs) I just went for something 80s retro vague. This is uh, an extreme pale ale called 8-track. Okay. I feel like we all got to like butt chug something to end up the night based on how this fucking book was... (laughs) Nope, nope, uh, nope, nope, nope. It would be fitting for this episode, but... right now. So I, I got two beers to talk about here. Go ahead. Um, one of them I, I split with Rob here uh, from Weldworks Brewing Company. I wonder where that beer Weldworks. came from. It's a Man, hazy nice. IPA, and this one is for for Kira, Kira Underwood, Kira Morrow. It's <laughs> called Pop Queen. Oh wow! But wow. the beer I've I've really been drinking. Uh, and and I admit this isn't like the best name ever. It works. It, it's fine. It works. But I was I mostly bought it because it's a, a what has become a rare uh, style of beer in in craft circles and 
the United States. This is an unfiltered English porter from, uh, wait, who is this even from? Taboot? Oh, no, uh, Knotted Root Brewing Company. Oh, yeah, they're up in Nederland, uh, Nederland, Colorado. Um, anyway, 7.8%. It's, it's like... I, I love a good porter. Like, so there, there's not a whole lot of distinction between stout and porter. Um, but stout just is like the trendy thing. And over the past eight, nine years, stouts have become bigger and more bombastic, throwing them in barrels and, and making them I've had a few higher gravity. Myself. Like yep. you end up I'm with trendy. like Weldworks, Media Noche kind of things that are basically motor oil thickness. Um, you know, like I've, I've showed you, Rob, where I'll like swirl the yeah, beer around the glass and it leaves like a, a brown tint. Yeah. Um, this does not do that. Like, hmm. it's it's a dark beer. It's smoky. It's roasty. It's malty. It's delicious. It's called a secret place it's because frothy. not even a little bit, but hmm. it's frothy, but not even a little bit semeny. There are all <laughs> kinds of secret places. Uh, in in uh, indeed there are in these books, especially in this one. Secret places. Um, I know there's a beer out there called okay, Purple Deadpool. Rain, and I was looking for it, but unfortunately, none of my regular bottle shops had it in right now. Uh, so I had to do what I had to do. Hmm. <sighs> but it's all right. The, the the amount of effort you should put in to finding a beer for this book is exactly zero. It, well, here's the funny thing, though. It's like. He goes so hard into pop culture references that I feel like it should be really easy to find a beer with it, one of those that's, same that's pop culture point. references. Yeah. And like all, all my regular places just didn't. Uh, maybe maybe I'm, it, we I did mean, it in the winter, in the summer. You know, he, I'd have all of them. I don't know. On, on this book specifically, none of the references are good. Like when you think 80s, I'm like, <sighs> for me, I'm like the thing. Kurt Russell, Big Trouble in Little China shit. Like none of that comes up. He just talks about. Back to the Future again, and then stupid, obscure '80s shit that doesn't make sense. It's it's not they're not even good references. Like Prince, like uh, that like that's a oh, good so reference, again, but like that's not you know. And like, the, I don't know. Like he he went from the from the it, bottom shelf. It's because Prince, Prince and Tolkien. It's because Prince you know? died between the first and the second book. Yeah. That's why he did a Prince level. That's it. That's yeah. fucking it. So what I'm getting out of this is so, you guys enjoyed the book. Yeah, it was actually one of the best cases. It's the best book. It's the best book I've ever read, hands down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like, I'll, I'll read noted. one line from my Goodreads review. Ernest Klein actually surprised me, and I'll leave it at that. That's where. Wow. Okay. All right. <sighs> Ernest Klein just started OnlyFans. Ominous. <laughs> you guys anyway. will be the first two, probably. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. This this has devolved. All right, it's it's over, guys. It's it is over. time. This has been episode two hundred thirteen of the Inking Out Loud podcast. Really? Oh my god! Uh, next up, we're looking at hopefully the Sunlit Man by Brandon Sanderson. Um, it it's just a question of whether we can get our reading done and get things organized. Um, possibly the first episode of Lyriel instead. But as always, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com. Uh, we got tons of fun perks. Uh, in fact, some like some pretty cool 
short short fiction things coming down the line, uh, which of course tie into get the hell out of here. Um, uh, <laughs> none of you can see that Rob was trying to give me a wet willy. I'm just um, pointing. Right I was encouraging. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, probably my fault. We uh, not only have I published a ton of short fiction on Patreon, I obviously am also uh, publishing on Amazon now. I, I've been working on a few stories for longer term, polishing them. Um, these are like pro pro publication level stories rather than me cranking out something every month and, and just popping up on, on Patreon. So if you're interested in the more raw stuff, check us out there. Uh, if not, uh, you know, look me up on Amazon. The Aquamancer's Gem is the first of my stories. So is that'll also be also the name of his OnlyFans. Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. The the Aquamancer's Gem. Correct. Um, could pictures you of a testicle. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, so I have been your host Drew McCaffrey, and with me is my returning co-host Rob Santos. Hey yo! It's glad to be back for one. And our uh, long-awaited guest, returning guest Rob Wintrell. Hey. Hey. Hey guys. <laughs> Good to hear you again. <laughs> you guys like, like come here often? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.